Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Every fucking time. I gotta be real with all of you. Like I yeah. almost feel bad having this intro for these movies. Kevin Kennedy hit me up. He's like, "Hey, I have an idea for the Spider-Man movies that isn't this bad." And unfortunately, we haven't got it quite yet. <laughs> the, Can the I tell you something? You're still working on some stuff. What's up, Anthony Carboni? I don't. I don't think there's anything bad about it. I love it. I think it's charming and wonderful. I agree. It's a more of a respect thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the audience say we don't show these movies enough respect. And I don't know that we're doing ourselves any favors by starting the video with that. I think it's more, I've always seen it as it's more about us. Like You're the right. harmonica is our dumb take. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and many dumb I, takes will be had on this yeah. show. What's up, Nick? I was gonna say, I think that's the case until we hit Spider-Man three. And then, <laughs> then it's, then we share that blame equally with Sam Raimi and the crew from that movie. It's just looming. The thing about being here in the year of our Lord 2021 and and knowing how it all turns out is you you can just feel Spider-Man 3 looming in the distance. It's it's fun seeing them set up things that are going to happen in Spider-Man 3 and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see how Harry Osborn, oh. Oh, the irony is there is a good chance we'll have a new intro that's better starting with Spider-Man 3. Show Spider-Man 3 the respect it deserves. The greatest of the Raimi trilogy, says Tim Geddes. You know what? You know what Peter Parker always said in Spider-Man 3? Hey, Hepcat, slap me some cheese or whatever the hell he said. <laughs> That's next week. Let's not get there yet because this is kind of funny. Sony Spider-Man Universe in review. That's right. It was formerly known as Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters, but as of August 2021, it's now just Sony Spider-Man Universe. Uh, we're going to be ranking and reviewing all of the Spider-Man movies. No, we're not. We're just re-watching them because we already ranked and reviewed them. And you didn't like our rankings, so guess what? We're going back to the drawing board and seeing what we think think a couple years later leading in to spider way so ah, I, I keep saying spider way no way home i don't know why you said at the Spider-Man, first show and everybody was like way. nobody pounced on tim when he said at the first time i was like i thought of it but we had just started like there's, yeah, i don't awesome. want to start yeah. off with that sort of energy I keep saying it, though. But anyway, Spider-Man No Way Home. That's what we're leading into. It's very exciting stuff. Uh, this is Kind of Funny's In Review, where each and every week we get together and rank, review, and recap two different movies. Except for this week, where we're doing three. We're continuing our Spider-Man rewatches. We're also starting Ghostbusters In Review. And later in the week, we're returning to Edgar Wright In Review with the new Last Night in Soho that I am extremely excited to watch and talk to you all about. Uh, you can watch the show on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in Review. Nick Scarpino, what's up? Tim, would you say you're so excited? 
Yes. You Sorry. raised yes, your would. hand for that. You raised yeah, your hand. Yeah, raising the hand, and do I you think? And I messed up the joke. It's not <laughs> yeah. a hard joke, I, I didn't say it right. God, <laughs> man, we deserve the harmonica. We do. You were right, Carboni. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to, for some reason, watch this show live as we record it and get the show ad-free, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers, Molecule and Pranksy, have done. Uh, we appreciate you all so very, very much. And because of that, you won't have to listen to the ads for MeUndies, Trade Coffee, and Uncommon Goods that we will be getting to later. I didn't even introduce us all yet because we all just had such a good jiving time getting into it. I'm Tim Geddes. Joining us is our very special guest, Anthony Carboni. Oh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be back. I'd like to keep this one to a tight two hours and 45 minutes if we could. I'm going to try <laughs> to scale back a little bit on my, on my uh, commentary here because I've got somewhere to be in four and a half hours. <laughs> I've got to be... <laughs> Ah, we'll see how it goes. And joining us again for his first time on the Spider-Man uh, in review train, we got blessing Eddie Oye Jr. Did I catch that right? Are we not re-ranking these? No. No. Hell no. So why am I here? I, that's the whole point I came. I want to make sure we got it right Damn. this time. You're telling me we're not re-ranking these. Damn. Damn. Blessing and I are going to make our own because we weren't here for the first one. We'll make our oh, own ranking. I like, it available. Okay. I like that. I actually really like follow me on Follow my live journal and you'll get that ranking. Perfect. And I think, me and, I think me and Anthony Carboni are going to align a lot. Based on uh, Anthony's thoughts on Spider-Man 1, I'm excited for this because I think me and you are gonna, both going to agree on Spider-Man 2. I still, uh, I still think about you. I still think about you saying a collection of memories about Spider-Man 1, and I was like, God damn, that's great. What a poet. Thank you, thank you. What a poet. <laughs> it's like Aunt May in this movie. Uh, of oh course, we also have the producer slash producer, <laughs> Nick Scarpino. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. A fan favorite. <laughs> Gotta love it. And... Of course, it's in review. So we have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, everyone. Mm -hmm. Hope you all are doing great. Great afternoon, everybody. Great afternoon. I know this intro has already been a great sign of the energy we have going into this episode, but I love that I'm just teasing this out for now that Anthony Carboni referenced Live Journal, and this will not be the last you hear of Live Journal this episode. So no, it will get not. ready for that. You won't know when it's coming, but it's coming, everybody. And, and for whenever it does eventually arrive here, Carboni, make sure the gate on your mic real low so we can. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. I see, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. That's some fun stuff, but let's get into it. Today, we are talking about Spider-Man 2. Uh, the original title for this was going to just be The Amazing Spider-Man, but they ended up not doing that, obviously. The reboot later would get that name, but I just love that they just called it Spider-Man 2. Like, that is such a bygone era of just yeah. like, let's just add some numbers. <laughs> like, they just don't do that anymore. Like, I can't think of any franchises nowadays that would ever just put a number after the thing. Am I missing anything? The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's... It's Sony, so they focus grew they focus tested like a bunch. They they it was almost Spider-Man No More. It was almost Spider-Man Unmasked. It was almost like they had like four different titles for it. And then they were I think it just turned into a fuck it. Just put the movie out. <laughs> we just have to get this movie out, please. Uh it was released on June 30th, 2004, aka my 15th birthday. Damn. And I saw this on my 15th birthday, and I had a great time being a 15-year-old. It was fantastic stuff. Uh, it was directed by Sam Raimi once again. Uh, music once again done by Danny Elfman. It had a budget of $200 million and a box office of $789 million, uh, making it the third highest grossing film of 2004. Would anyone like to guess what the two movies above it are? 2004. The Matrix. No. One of the Matrix movies. Mm -mm. Uh, anything that had to do with Keanu Reeves. 
No. Can I okay. get okay? Is Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie? Titanic. No. Fuck. It's highest what was happening. Pr- Harry, Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban uh, coming in at number two. Coming Prisoner in at number two. Azkaban. Well, what was above Spider-Man movie? And what was above Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? No. Lord of the Rings. Oh, I know there this. There we go. Blessing. Blessing. Got it. Shrek. Oh, Shrek I fucking knew it. Shrek oh, was. I was like, okay, what was I like doing? Shrek too. Well, because in 2004. I I would have been in fourth grade in June 2004. I would have been know, going bless. I would have been going into fifth grade, and I was like, mm-hmm. what would I have been watching in that moment? It would have been Shrek, or Shrek Two. Wow, Shrek Two, Shrek Two. Look, we know what the real franchise was. You know what I mean? We know what the real money making, long lasting franchise was that came out of the early 2000s, and it was fucking Shrek. It was, it was, and they didn't bother. Oh, never they, seen it. That was that, hey, wait, hey, no, you're lying. Hey. You never seen Shrek? Never seen Shrek. That's right. Should, Shrek is pretty good. He's never yeah. seen Eight Mile. Yeah. Bless. I've never seen Eight Mile. We gotta is, do story for we gotta time. do Shrek and Eight Mile in review in the <laughs> review both. series. But Here's also, what I like, want to say about Shrek versus Spider Man: only one of these film franchises was released on Game Boy Advance cartridges. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think when you when you hit Game Boy Advance video cartridges, that's when you know you're the biggest movie around. Different echelons. Oh, yeah. It's funny gotcha. you say that, Anthony. Because while the box office, while it was only third of that year, it was first in another highest selling video category. And that is, it is to this date, the best selling Sony UMD of all time, playable only on the PlayStation Portable. And I think they made a standalone device where you can watch it on TV. But why the fuck would you ever do that? I've watched it so many (laughs) times, this movie on my PlayStation Portable. You gotta love it. Uh, When I look at a list of top selling UMDs, the, the list is as follows. Number one, Spider-Man 2, with over a million units sold. And number two, Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children, with 470,000 <laughs> copies sold. That's where the list ends. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Go ahead, Nick. Nick Scarpino. I was told there was not going to be this much video game talk on this movie podcast. <laughs> hey, give oh, us more movies. Yeah, give us some more of your jokes, Nick. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> jokes that. There's a lot of them in this. I'll, I'll say oh this really. Oh, I'll this, say this movie got jokes. I'll say this really, really, really quick. Just, uh, just one thing. We move on. The UMD is the coolest looking physical media in the so history cool. of physical media. It's the Which coolest. Which one was the one they used in Mission Impossible? Is that the UMD? I don't know. I feel like they probably used the UMD. That sounds kind of right, that they might have used a PlayStation PSP UMD in the Sony movie Mission Impossible. That sounds right. Mission Impossible. Media. Hold on. I got to look at it. Because in Mission Impossible, like a movie that starts off with Limp Bizkit, you know. Remember the one where he's doing the, um, the, like the the hand, Mission Impossible one, where he's like, oh, and it's like a CD, but it's not a CD. But I remember having one of those little doors. There's no Mission Impossible you... One came out like the 90s. Oh, though, right? okay. Yeah. yeah, maybe you're right. No, maybe it was it a mini disc? Was it a it Sony it a mini disc? It must have been. Oh, so cool. Sony's physical media was so cool, man. <laughs> Let's do a ranking of that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Sony beta, it. the beta, great, great tape format. God. Died <laughs> very quickly. What, Rest uh, in peace. If 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 I can just start off here with some Spider-Man Two and some and some stuff before we get into the plot. What I like about Spider-Man Two here is this is the best one of these three movies, hands down. Mm. But this is where shit is falling apart behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my favorite thing about this movie, is everything is about to go wrong, but we don't see the fallout of that until Spider-Man 3. But, like, I want to run down the list of insane things that happened before, like, on Spider-Man 2. Before we get to that, before yeah, we get to I that. Wanna I want to do, I want to I let you know, because this is insane. 
the uh the other facts i have for you the awards mm-hmm. this film won best visual effects at the 77th mm-hmm. academy awards it was also nominated for best sound mixing and best sound design or best sound editing and um I, can i start off with one of the the facts for you anthony yeah and then you can go from there sure Tobin Maguire was fired due to reports of him faking a back injury for a larger pay raise for Spider-Man 2. Yep. Jake Gyllenhaal was lined up to play Spider-Man and had already begun preparation, but Maguire decided to take part after all. However, according to the DVD commentary, the my back joke after Peter falls from the roof where he was like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And then he falls. He's like, my back, my back. Uh, that was purely coincidental. It was written mm-hmm. into the script before Maguire's problem arose. Maguire apologized to the studio execs and got his role back. Gyllenhaal would go on to play Mysterio 15 years later in Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, this and as I say that, I just want to put this out to everyone. I know that you guys are probably like, you guys were wowed by this last time. Why are you acting like you've never heard it? Because that's how our memories work, okay? We talk about a lot of things and a lot of facts and a lot of movies. I read this today and I'm like, I didn't know that. So... There you go. Also, I was I was not there, and Blessing was not there. So That's this true. is fun yeah. stuff that we are sharing for the first time. Very true. Very true. Um, but I will go say something it. that was not in there before Tobey Maguire's back injury is if you look at the front page where it says uh, Spider-Man and Doc Ock rob bank, uh, there's, a small, there's a small story that's in there where if you freeze frame, it says, uh, does chronic back pain lead to brain shrinkage? Oh my wow. god! That's something that the prop master threw in to make fun of Toby Maguire. Oh my god! That's hilarious. wow. You're playing. With, you're playing. Did. Don't poke the bear, prop master. No, Don't poke dude. the bear. Maybe there's the prop a, there was apparently was like a, a lot huge of Jake that. Jake fan. Like, dude, I, I think this guy would have really taken this movie. Could have been direction. great. <laughs> I um. So yeah, they. So it was because Toby Maguire wanted either twenty five million dollars for this one movie or. Ten percent of the gross, whichever was bigger, was higher. Insane, yeah, ridiculous. (laughs) Million dollars. Yeah, and they were like, "No, Tobey Maguire." And he was like, "Oh, my back." Did you see the last movie? Spider Man today. Like, have you seen yourself cry on screen, bro? You're worth maybe twenty dollars in a box of a bag of Skittles. Yeah, Uh, get out of here. This movie was written basically after they went into production. The first thing they shot was the train fight because it was the only thing Sam Raimi knew he wanted in the movie at that point. Mm. Uh, And the movie was originally supposed to have Black Cat and the transformation of the lizard into the lizard. Just like in Spider-Man 2, the video game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All that stuff was from Spike. Michael Chabon wrote a script and Sony like kind of on like as they were shooting, Sony was like, no, man, no, we can't do all this. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) not. So the, the other things that were in that original script is like originally uh, Otto was going to be the same age as Peter, and he was also going to be into MJ because why not? Just there was everyone, just a lot of everyone in New York is into MJ. Yeah, everybody's just into MJ. Nobody can explain why. Danny Elfman walked off halfway through. Oh, I thought you were going to say Danny Elfman also into MJ. <laughs> he, is, he was very into MJ, but he also walked off halfway through because apparently Sam Raimi became like a monster on this. He was quoted as saying, to see such a profound negative change in a human being was almost enough to make me feel like I didn't want to make films oh anymore. Oh my god. Uh, wow. wow. This Rumor trilogy has, nearly destroyed Rumor Sam Rumor has it, Carboni, that Raimi's inhibitor chip broke off. That's what it's it was. It, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. That's what it was. The movie took and over. And his bow tie started talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> squeak, it just started squeaking at him. He was like, what? what's that? Um, so, yeah, let's, I do love Let's jazz. get into this. Let's get so into everything's, this. I just want to set that stage in everybody's head is like, 
in the background of this film, everything is falling apart. Nobody wants to make Spider-Man movies anymore. Before go. we get into the plot, let's go around and see what we think about Spider-Man oh, no 2. Oh, I Blessing. love what Andy is about to do. I want to start with you. I love this movie so much. It is such a good movie. Watching it for probably the fifth time in my life now, I can't believe how much of a step up this is from Spider-Man 1. The cgi for a 2004 movie is surprisingly pretty good right and like of course you look at this movie and compare and look at the current modern spider-man stuff in any modern action movie and it's incomparable but for 2004 the cgi in this movie i think is very fun and it's awesome to see doc ox uh his tentacles uh and how good they look and i know those were uh, uh puppets right those weren't like pure cgi but the way they look in action, I think those work so well. The The amount of action we get in this movie, you know, we mentioned the train scene earlier. That scene still holds up so well as both a really good action set piece, but then also the emotional moment of, you know, the end of that train scene and then carrying Spider-Man and doing all that stuff. I think that stuff holds up so well, uh, except for uh, Peter Parker's facial expressions during that part of the movie, which to me were so ridiculous and so over the top and so funny. But, you know, give, an, remo- give me an impression, Blast. You got to do it. Yeah, you got to. I don't think I can Give us your best shot. Because I'm going to smile because it's like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's, it. it's along those lines. And it's it's so ridiculous and so fun. But uh, yeah, dude, like the way the, the way that I think this movie picks up from Spider-Man 1 and helps, I guess, evolve the characters and explores the characters in a little bit more interesting ways. Again, like none of it is perfect and none of it is as I, I say immaculate as what we've gotten since but i think for what we think of as iconically spider-man and that era of spider-man i think this is sam raimi's trilogy at his best and i and i even despite the behind the scenes uh bullshit that was happening i think this is the movie that made me really happy that sam raimi was the one who got to direct these movies because this movie has such a specific personality and tone and all the horror elements that that um are typically sam raimi that come into play in this movie i think really helped to make this movie stand out right like the uh the way that characters react to seeing like a doc ock the way the um like when doc ock grabs peter but with the tentacles and like how dramatic everything is i think there's there's something really cool and really awesome about the uh energy that that evokes and the 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 cinematic tone that this movie uh owns and has i don't know i really love it and going back to it i really enjoyed my time uh with this movie beyond it being a iconic like this is memorable i think it is a genuinely really really good spider-man movie andy cortez this movie better think it's lucky stars it's got alfred molina in it and the action sequences that there are um i think this movie has a lot higher highs and a lot lower lows than part one. Um, I think that now looking back at them, Spider-Man 1, in my opinion, ages a bit better in terms of just the writing being kind of across the board decent. Where in here it's like, we're going to give you some good ones. And also any scene with James Franco, please ignore anything there because there's no... There's no uh, consistency at all with what that dude is feeling right now. There it, and and also a lot of it doesn't make sense. Um, I always think about when we watch the the Nolan movies. Whenever we did Christopher Nolan in review, and there is inevitably the Nolan sequence that makes no sense rationally or time wise, but it adds to the the bigger world. And like it, like who cares? We'll ignore that part because everything else is so fucking awesome. James Franco's just thoughts and motivations and writing and dialogue 
is so bad in every sequence he's in. I don't understand what their thought process was putting him in the movie. Um, and the and he just seems like he forced his way into being in this movie. And I, I, it really fucking detracts from a lot of other really awesome sequences. The, uh, the, the climbing the tower scene with Doc Ock is just so iconic on top of the train sequence. Uh, yeah, a lot of really series of moments, as Blessing would say, but a lot of also really bad shit, like really, really awful shit in this movie that I think we tend to ignore because the other stuff is pretty good. You got to give Franco a little bit of leeway, though. He was getting like four degrees at the, at the time. He was getting four degrees in texting six 16-year-old women. Oh, wow. You're so time. right. You're so right. Thousand <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah, he was juggling a lot. Anthony Carboni, what do you think? Uh, this is definitely the best of the three. Uh, I, def- I do agree with you, Andy, where when they miss the mark in this one, they, they miss big. Like, they take bigger swings in this movie, and so they... The misses are, are, are bigger, but... And more obvious. <laughs> yeah, this movie, number one, this movie got jokes, which the first movie did not have as much of. Uh, they are mostly at Peter's expense, as opposed to Peter being the quippy Spider-Man that we want him to be still. Like the broom closet. But, but the, uh, just like the hilarious sad sack Peter Parker stuff that you really want to see comes much more into focus in this one. Um, and I also think like a lot of just the... Something that's missing from all of the movies after the Raimi movies is like, man, it sucks to be Spider-Man and I don't want to be Spider-Man. And that's like like half the time I don't want to be Spider-Man and I don't want to be here. And this movie is the movie that gives us that. And I think that's such a core Spider-Man thing that I'm so excited that they maybe overhammered it a little bit in this movie, but I'm glad that it's here. And of course, motherfucking Alfred Molina. If you're going to reuse all your themes for your villain from the first movie over again, do it with Alfred Molina <laughs> and, some, and some fucking cool puppets. You know Wait what I mean? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick Scarpino. Um, yeah, I like this movie. I think it. I, I, I think it's it's always fun to come back to because I'm always kind of struck by how fun the action sequences are. I love that moment where like the, the you know, the clock arm. Uh, the arm of the clock kind of goes down and Peter grabs it and just throws it right back at him and then he catches it, breaks it apart and throws it back at him. Um, I'll never forget when I was sitting in the theaters, that moment where it goes silent and they're fighting as they're falling down the side of the building and kind of tumbling and like they're both able to sort of hang on to moments of it. Stuff like that was super creative to me. Again, Alfred Molina, like you guys have talked, I can't, I can't echo that enough. He's, he steals the show in this, in my opinion. Um, not the least of which because you really like him at the very beginning of it. Um, and I love the chemistry he has with his wife, Rosie. I think the actress does a great job, too. And you get this like little moment where Peter's like, oh, maybe he's got another father figure here. Um, but, but, but unfortunately, these movies, they just never quite strike the tone. Like, I remember watching these in theaters, and every, every single time now, obviously, if, as we've seen better examples of comic book movies, they, never, they just never hit at 100% where they need to be. Um, and there's always something silly or, or, something, or something just bad or something that seems really, even for the time, outdated that's happening where you just keep asking yourself shit like, Peter, can't you just have some level of a work-life balance? Like, hey, Peter, why don't you move back in with your aunt? You can't afford anything. Hey, Peter, there's lots of different things you could be doing right now to make money than, you know, it's just all sorts of silly questions. But the movie is entertaining, and I think Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man kind of holds up in it. Um, and I remember leaving theaters in this movie thinking, oh, I'd watch a third one of these for sure if they made one. And boy, was I wrong. That's a uh, monkey's paw. 
to shout out to Alfred Molina and something that uh, Anthony has brought up in terms of the jokes, right? Like, well, the, the thing I love about when they introduce Doc Ock's character is the joke he cracks where he is like, hey, did anybody here lose a uh, uh, a pocket of like $20 bills wrapped in right. a rubber band? Because we found the rubber band. I think that is such a good way to establish his character as like, oh, this guy's cool. Like, this guy has jokes and he's funny. He's the and cool so substitute. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So shout out to that. And then also shout out to uh, Anthony mentioned the jokes at Peter Parker's expense. One of the ones that I, I, I like a lot, and it's not even a joke, it's just a moment in, in um, the movie uh, is when he's doing laundry and he takes out the Spider-Man suit, which is very risky to be doing in public like that, bro. Yeah. Like, you yeah. might want to i don't know put that in like a bag and then wash it or something maybe not have it out like there. a garment bag like a, yeah like a yeah, small yeah. Like a, yeah but all of his other clothes being stained like delicate bags blue and red and like toby mcguire spider-man or peter parker just being this miserable peter parker yeah. is one that i don't know i really like that interpretation of peter parker i also i love all of the i guess on-screen interpretations for the most part i think we'll get to amazing spider-man when we get to it because that's the, that's the one where i'm like nah you're too cool but in terms of the nerdy or kitty or like in this case the miserable peter Par- peter parker uh you know i think this movie does a good job in terms of balancing the humor and making it feel making it not feel like how we felt during the first movie where it's like like, nah, man, you're just weird and creepy and awkward. Yeah. In this movie, there are plenty of times where I was like, oh, shit, like, Tony McGuire looks great. Like, he actually, his fit body actually fits his face this time around, as opposed to in Spider-Man 1, where I was like, did they Photoshop that? Because that looks off. There was definitely some, he's still a little weird, but yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we all laugh at the moment where he fights mops for 25 minutes? Yes. Actually, yes, but let's jump into that, man. Hold on, hold on. I want to give my thoughts. I want to give my thoughts. Do we laugh at the part where he just can't get an hors d'oeuvre to save his life. Yes. Did we laugh at the part where people just hit him in the fucking head yes. as he's on the sidewalk? <laughs> All those are so heavy-handed. God Tim, what do you think? Uh, I, I think that this is easily one of the best sequels of all time in terms of improving on the first movie. Um, I think it's a fantastic take on 1960 Spider-Man, and I just don't like 1960 Spider-Man, and that's what it comes down to. That's where so much of my opinion of this movie comes from. This is obviously a classic. I obviously I enjoyed the hell out of my time watching this. I will watch this movie for the rest of my life and still enjoy it, but it is not what I think of when I think of good Spider-Man movies or stories, and a lot of that has to do with kind of what uh, Andy was alluding to with his, the highs and lows. I feel like any time this movie has a great high, which it has so many of them, whether it's the subway train scene of like his sacrifice essentially and uh the the train fight and so many moments always have something happening that's like oh man that scene would have been great if we didn't have that guy in it or didn't have that line of dialogue or if you took it a little more seriously or a little less seriously like the whole kind of pivotal moment of aunt may like performing this poem to peter about what a hero needs to be it comes out of nowhere and it's like it it feels so this is a movie i'm so taken out of this because we need him to have this moment and like the moments happen in this movie but for them to earn it they only earn it by basically setting it up and then paying it off without actual build it's just kind of like well you got to do this to get to that xyz we have this movie and it's like that it it ends up being a very 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 more than competent film i I would say that this is a good movie uh i just don't think that it is a great spider-man movie i think it's a good spider-man movie but it does so many things and has so many ideas that are just antithetical from what i like most about spider-man and they just go too hard into some things i do like that kind of take it down a notch uh but like you guys said 
Alfred Molina is fantastic. Uh, I love him. I love how sympathetic he is. I love that from the first time we see him on camera, we're like, I'm in. I believe in you. I believe in your family. I believe in your relationship with Peter. Um, and then uh, J. Jonah Jameson, still 100% 10 out of 10. Killing the game. Every single scene he's in. Uh, at the wedding when he calls and he's just like, <laughs> like, hey, uh, let's cancel the caviar. It's like, oh, that yeah. is so fucking funny. And the movie, great name. Deborah, so perfect. So perfect for the writing there. Uh, but the movie ending with the go get him tiger and Spider-Man going out. And like, we see her looking kind of sad as the final shot. Like I remember leaving this movie and being like, holy shit, what is the third movie going to be? This movie does such a good job of building on what the first movie had, adding more Kurt Connors, adding more like other characters that could potentially turn into something in the future, more name drops, more just kind of world building and like where the relationships are between the different characters. We obviously know they don't go anywhere with that, but that's not this movie's fault. This movie mm -hmm. built that stuff very well. And I think that that, that is a, a major, major props to this because it wasn't a post-credit scene teeing up a, a sequel. It was stuff embedded in the movie that's teeing up the, the future and making the world feel a lot bigger. Um, so for all of that, it's like, yes, this is a good movie, but I still don't think that I'm wrong about where I'm at with Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Andy Cortez. I also just quickly want to say that I don't think that MJ's writing is worse in this movie, but it's close at a lot. It's of, not and better. Like, it, it is. Oof, there's a lot. Better. Her, again, I just don't know what the thinking was behind a lot of the, the writing and them being on screen with, like, James Franco and her being on screen. What was the thought process there? I'd love to, like, hear the reasoning for what those lines were. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's baffling at times when, when they're on I screen. I don't think they had one. <laughs> I also yeah. just don't. I've never, I've just never thought they nailed the chemistry between Tobey Maguire and, and Kristen Dunst's characters yeah. in these. They just, Not really, no. every line of dialogue they say is such a stretch where she's like, you've always been my best friend. And I'm like, have you? Have we when? ever seen them hang in what? Like, you can't just say you've always been my best friend. You have to show people scenes where these people are connecting. And there's no moment in this movie where Tobey Maguire is anything but a weird kind of slog in her life that just keeps turning up and she's like dude i'm moving on i'm marrying a fucking astronaut for christ's sake get yeah. over yourself peter parker but then First she's like, to play football on the moon you've always been standing in my door i've always been standing in your door i was like when in high school you barely noticed this guy was alive yeah it's Plus, so sucks. weird it, it are sucks you thinking because of joe manganello no mj Wait, are you thinking of oh, joe yeah. manganello yeah it sucks because you're right like it doesn't fit between them but i love the writing of the movie and the theme and tone of their mm -hmm. relationship not the dialogue of the relationship but the him saying the way she looks at you doesn't look at you however you want to look at it i love that and i just mm -hmm. wish that their chemistry could back up that type of feeling and that type of storytelling that's the thing like go ahead Amy. Right. i was just gonna say yeah they're trying to let the um you know, like the Aunt May has a line in here where she talks about how it's been two years since Ben died. And I think they're really trying to let that two years of space in between uh, do a lot of heavy lifting for some of the plot stuff that they didn't get right in the first one. Yeah, I think they want us to think that like over the last two years, Peter and MJ and Harry have become closer or something like that. You know what I mean? But, but they want him. that negative space but, to I, fill it I, in. I and totally they want the negative. No. And I want that. And they also, as filmmakers want the negative space between 2001 and 2004 sort of make that first movie a little fuzzier in your mind. Yeah, like you forget about it a bit. So they can get away with say with MJ saying that they just, 
it wasn't fuzzy enough. We still like it, remember. It comes right, back to it, in the original movie I mentioned that they want them to be Corey and Topanga, and this movie felt like they still wanted them to be Corey and Topanga, and yeah, at no right. point did they establish that. But I didn't. I never watched Boy Meets World, but I'm pretty sure at no point did Topanga call Corey an empty seat. She goes, and I quote, I she am tired of you being an empty seat in my life, meaning the last two years, you just haven't been there. They don't, they, sh they in no way, shape or form would anything that the writers put on paper ever lead me to believe that these two characters were close. It's time for the yeah. plot. Before Let's that go. though, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are you ready for mashed potato season, aka turkey with gravy and cranberry sauce season, aka every kind of pie and more season? Well, Me Undies is here with the softest and stretchiest undies in the game, so you can be ready for seconds and thirds, baby. I love Me Undies. I have for a very long time, even right now. Of course, I'm wearing my lounge pants, the undies themselves, and the socks. I love having that soft micromodal fabric all over my body. They have undies and loungewear made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are perfect for everything from pre-dinner activities to post-dinner naps. Uh, Me Undies also has a great deal for you guys. Uh, for any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off and free shipping. Me Undies also has a promise. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning. And next up, shout out to Trade. Are you the kind of person who falls asleep already thinking about the next morning's coffee? Well, Trade's goal is to make every cup of coffee your best ever. The journey to your perfect cup starts with taking their coffee quiz. You use a French press, automatic drip, you're a cold brew person? No problem. Trade will match you to coffees you'll love from 400 plus craft coffees and will send you a freshly roasted bag as often as you'd like. Trade guarantees you'll love your first match. On the off chance that you don't, though, they'll replace it with a different bag for free. Me and Cool Gray had a lot of fun going through the quiz, trying to find him his perfect coffee, and he has been having a great time with Trade. Uh, for you guys out there right now, Trade is offering your first bag free and $5 off your bundle at checkout. To get yours, just go to drinktrade.com slash kindoffunny and use promo code kindoffunny. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash kindoffunny, promo code kindoffunny for your first bag free and $5 off of your bundle. That's D-R-I-N-K-T-R-A-D-E.com slash Kind of funny. And next up, shout out to Uncommon Goods. If you're on a mission to be the best gift giver ever this season, it's never too early to start looking, no matter who you're shopping for. Uncommon Goods is the place to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone. Me and Gia actually recently just did a puzzle that we got from them. That was a lot of fun just for some like bonding date night time. And there's actually a bunch of really cool date night options there. Uh, there was one thing that I was looking at that is a date night painting where you get this, uh, you get the package and you actually get a 90 minute uh, session with an instructor you guys get to paint together it's a whole thing it sounds like a blast uncommon goods looks for products that are high quality unique and often handmade they have the most meaningful out of the ordinary gifts anywhere and with every purchase you make uncommon goods gives one dollar back to a non-profit partner of your choice that's awesome to get 15 percent off your next gift go to uncommongoods.com slash kind of funny that's uncommongoods.com slash kind of funny for 15 percent off don't miss out on this limited time offer uncommongoods.com slash kind of funny. Now it's plot time. This is going to be really hard now that I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my god. It's time for the plot. No, fuck. It's time for the plot. 
It's time for the plot. Tim says that it is time for the plot. All right, there you go. It was more of a visual joke audio listeners yeah. and podcast listeners. So sorry. Yeah, it was, good. It was very, you. very good. That's uh, my favorite character in the film. <laughs> Oh, mine too. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you thought you were getting out of this review uh, in under three hours, you're fucking crazy. Let's kick it off. Spider-Man 2, starting with the dopest credit sequence ever laid to celluloid, courtesy of, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, Alex Ross, who uh, drew all drew all of the uh, the actual artwork in this. Super cool. And man, I'm, I'm watching this. And I'm like, fuck yeah. They're going to nail Spider-Man from here on out. What I needed was an artistic rendering of Nick doing the Uncle Ben impression. That's what oh, I don't... really needed. Can Andy... somebody watercolor Nick doing his Uncle Ben, please? Uh, what you actually got, Andy, was that Alex Ross nailed Tomi Wagara's weird, confused face when he's mm. dropping off Harry's completely naked body at his home for his child to look at. He's like, oh. <laughs> he's like wait hold it right there toby let me nail yeah. this fucking vacant it's the look economy the of line it's alex ross's economy of line that really captured that moment i think oh, that God. was uh this this was their make good by the way because before they brought on james atchison they had alex ross do a bunch of like concept art for the first movie for uh costumes and they never used it yeah and he was kind of a little sore about that so they were like come on back and paint the whole movie We'll oh, give you the cool. dopest intro ever. And he's like, yeah, cool. thank you. Cool, Show cool, me some cool, respect. Cool, cool. Give me that score. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, we open on a billboard of MJ. And we're like, oh, MJ's career is doing pretty well. And then we hear some more banger of a VO from one Toby McGuire. He says, she looks at me every day. Mary Jane Watson. Oh, boy. Is she ever knew how oh, I boy. felt about her? Oh, boy. <laughs> but she can never know. I made a choice once to live a life of responsibility, a life she can never be a part of. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man given a job to do. And I'm Peter Parker. And I also have a job to do as Peter Parker. And part of me is like this. That's great for the first draft. Let's just cut it down to one line. A lot of these things. We're going to get to Aunt May's soliloquy. That's like a <laughs> oh Shakespearean God. fucking play at the end of this. I'm like, Aunt May, I get it. And then it goes dark. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's what you're going to do with Aunt May. So much of this is is what you get when you're when you're still working drafts of the script as you start shooting. You know? Who am like I? A- I'm Spider-Man given a job to do. And I'm Peter Parker. And I, too, have a job. My job, Spider-Man's job. Two Spider-Man. different jobs. We're Just also two different people. Do my job. We're the same. Don't get it twisted. And we're the same guy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Peter is late for his job at Joe's Pizza, where he's the delivery guy. Let me tell you right now, we, we talk. I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the last one. But guys, if you're going to start a pizza delivery service, for the love of God, don't do one hour or less or whatever, or thirty minutes or less, or whatever. No one in New it's York does that. Bad idea. They would never have done that. Anyway, that's such to- a not New York thing. Uh, it was a thing in the 80s in Riverside, California for a hot second. And then people were like, this is a terrible business model. We're yeah. losing money hand over foot. By the way, if you, call, is- uh, if you call the number on Peter's uh, helmet, you actually get Joseph Bleecker Street. And awesome. they actually love it. I don't know if that's still true, but you used to actually get the real pizza place. That's really cool. That's awesome. That's but, and also, what a weird thing for Asif Manvi to do to Peter in front of a, the public to give him an ultimatum and say, you have seven minutes to go this many blocks or else you're fucking fired. What? What? Are, what? Like, that's it not a, it's uh, like it you got to you got to understand he's on a bike and that is not a realistic thing to ask of this person. Like, that's a yeah, dangerous thing. dude. setting him up for <laughs> failure for sure. But he said, Peter, you're a nice guy, but you're just not dependable. And that's going to be the theme of the movie here. How can Peter become dependable? At first, Peter tries to do it the hard way. And then he wisens up and he's like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I'm Spider-Man. So he takes off. But some stupid kids who don't know how to play with a ball get in the way. Spider-Man has to save their dumb asses, causing his pizza to go on some random fucking creepy dude's balcony and the guy's like oh 
that pizza. dude. I'll help myself. Pizza. That dude is Scott Spiegel, the co-writer of Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Uh, mm. And a lot of the things that like right. that, like you were talking about where it's like some people don't know how to say their lines or what are they doing there. This is Sam Raimi putting every single one of his friends into Spider-Man. And a lot of that is a lot of those weird roles that we don't understand in this movie. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, Spider-Man grabs the piece from him. And I like that little part where he's like including the last slice. I'm like, how do you get the web off the slice? Does it yeah. come off the web? Can you just get the web off the slice? There's if you no want? way. It's There's no way. It comes out of him. There, yeah, exactly. Out of his body. There's no That's... way it stayed intact on the flight back to his hand. I, blessing. I didn't even think about that. That is yeah, organic like, imagine web. That. It's a bodily it's fluid. A web. And like, of <laughs> course, like, he's putting it back into the box with his hands. Like, and yeah. that alone, like you, removed from the web, that is disgusting. I don't want my yeah. pizza man yeah. touching mm-hmm. my pizza. I especially don't want the inside of my pizza man touching my pizza. <laughs> that is gross. <laughs> I want a shot of Emily Deschanel opening up those pizza boxes and all the pizzas just torn <laughs> apart and like just like folded over each other and stuff. And just like, what is this? Like they show that one of them is squished. She just goes when like he's this. Got in the butt, but it's just like, ugh. She just opens it up and she's like, God, I hope that's cheese. <laughs> God. I do love the, oh, the random, the, the cameo, just the dude just being like, hey, you stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> when God, Spider-Man takes I know. it I love it runs. so much. I really thought. such a funny, but this movie's got jokes. I actually like that line. That guy's like, Spider-Man stole pizza. I'm like, yes. I was really yeah. hoping we got a reprieve of Spider-Man girl from part one hey look it's spider-man like i wish we really got her again no andy we get something way better in this movie and i'm just gonna throw this out there as we lay it out uh, as we continue through the plot of this movie we get the same doc vicky vale scream throughout this entire film and i kid you not it's the same screen used over and over again for about maybe 20 times yeah but before we get to that we do get this great, wonderful gag. That's Anthony Carboni's favorite of, of Peter Parker fighting with a bunch of brooms while Do- uh, Zoe Deschanel's sister, Emily Deschanel, just sits there. Is and she like, bones this guy or is, does yes. she know bones she or bones. is it just that she has bones in her body? Bones, man. I don't I love watch bones. Bones. I bones. bones for a solid three seasons before I was Are like, you somebody's mom? Why do you watch <laughs> bones? I. How dare you? <laughs> 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 I know. I can't defend it. I fucking loved Bones. What do you want from me? I was a big Angel fan back in the day. Whatever. Uh, let's see. Mr. Aziz fires Peter for sucking and then rips off his sticker. And I was like, God, it's hard. Uh, and then Jameson fires Peter, too, because he stopped taking pictures of Spider-Man because Jameson turned the whole city against him. Uh, and he was using those pictures as propaganda. Uh, and so this is where I go like this. I'm sorry. You're in New York, right? Is there not the New York Times? Can you not just shop your work around? Kids, listen, when you're at a job you don't like necessarily and people are mistreating you, it's always a good idea to have a value of where you're at, an idea of your value in the marketplace. Go over yeah. the New York Times. Be like, I got this awesome picture of me clearly flying like Superman next to Spider-Man. Do you want this picture? To which any investigative journalism again would go, you're Spider-Man. I understand how you are. Literally everyone in the, like, a nine-year-old Henry Johnson, who's helping Aunt May move, yeah. knows that Peter is Spider-Man's official photographer. Mm-hmm. There's not a bidding war? Yeah. He's not getting more messages at Uncle D- Uncle Dickovich's house how or whatever? The, how is the press not constantly waiting outside of his house when he leaves? Yeah. Be like, we're Spider-Man, but no we're questions, no questions. You know who Spider-Man is, right? And someone doesn't put two and two together. I digress. It's a movie. We'll move on. Peter's late for Dr. Connor's class. Uh, and the doctor tells me, he's like, listen, man, you're, you're in trouble. I just, we just, we do want to call out though. Elizabeth Banks, Betty Brandt. It was there. Move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Should have uh, been more. She's like, she's like, Peter, sorry. Can't pay you for, this is, I paid you that advance last week. This one even covered. And he's like, no, what am I going to do? 
Uh, Connors tells me, listen, listen, you're in trouble. You're in danger of failing out of college. You better. And he's like, well, I'm writing this great paper about Dr. Oct- Otto Octavius. And he's like, cool. I know him. I'll hook you up. Tim from kind of funny. Was was this the, the scene where he trips and falls with his books and then everybody fucking walks yes. over him? They yes. beat the shit out of him. They literally beat him in the head. And they're like, we don't like you, Peter Parker. You fucking suck, Peter Parker. I love it's it. The, it's, it's the heightened shit that I'm just like, this movie doesn't need that. It doesn't. No, it's better it's than Spider-Man part. 1. It's better. It. So when this stuff happens, it's weird. It's very, it's very Army of Darkness, Evil Dead. And yeah. it's one of those things where it's like we could have toned a lot of that down. Huh. Like the, I do the hors d'oeuvre say, yeah. part where he can't get an hors d'oeuvre. I'm like, that's a cute character thing where he's just a little too late to, gra- to get the op- thing that he wants. But this shit is like, fuck you. If someone hit me in the, that hard with book, I'd be like, we're going. We're throwing hands at each other now, sir. <laughs> yeah. I do want to say that this scene, just like when I when Dylan Baker came on screen as Dr. Connors and I just kind of looked at his face and his mannerisms and everything, I was just like, damn, we were robbed. We I would have loved to have seen Dylan Baker as, as the lizard. That would have been really interesting. What movie do I remember him in where he bleeds from the gums? <laughs> I'm sorry. That could be any movie where somebody bleeds from the gums. No, I'm thinking about it. There's a specific movie where I distinctly remember someone try like, they're like poisoning him. It's a comedy. Gum bleeder. And he has to, and he's like bleeding from the gums. And like, that's very weird. Might have been gum bleeder too. Yeah. The Might way he's been. describing it. And can you look that up for me while I can continue on with the plot? Anyway, sure Peter thing. comes home to a surprise party with MJ, Aunt May, and Harry. Harry uh, is like, it tells him that his company is working with Doc Ock. Delirious. And Peter, that's what it was. Delirious to John Candy. That's right. Uh, y'all thought I was crazy. And now that you know it's real, you think I'm crazy. All, all I no, Googled was Dylan Baker gums bleed. <laughs> Delirious popped up number one. There it is. Uh, he says, listen, we're working with Doc Ock and then tells Peter that MJ, he's like, MJ's into you, man. And he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then he gets real cold all of a sudden. He's like, how's your, boy, how's your man Spider-Man doing? I really want his real identity. It's like, Harry, let's not talk about this. Now, here's the thing. I said this last time and I hammered this home. Anthony, you and I are friends. Mm. I miss you. I'd like to spend more time with you. But Same. if I thought that you were friends with the person that killed my dad, I would stop being friends with you. I don't yeah. care how much we grew up. I'd be like, dude. You need to fucking tell me who this guy is. We need to go to the cops right now, or else we just can't be friends. There's no the fact that Harry friends. is still showing up, right? Like Harry mm. didn't kick Peter out of the apartment. Peter decided to leave the apartment, right? Um, he wanted he wanted to stand on his own two feet. Like Harry is still coming around, and it's like, hey man, I bought you this ice cream cake from Carvel. It's Fudgy the Whale. I got you a Fudgy the Whale for your birthday. Will you tell me who murdered my dad? It is. I have such a problem. This is where it starts with Franco, because this is like, I got a, I got a personal grudge against this motherfucker because this is like this is where the bad writing really begins, where it's first off in any realistic world. Harry is not going to that party in any realistic world. You're super you, you ended on bad terms. You hate him because you think he stole MJ from you. Why would you answer Aunt May's call or whatever saying that you're going to go to a party like you hate this guy? You think he's keeping a secret about who killed your father? It's just so all of this is so it's incredibly improbable. Yeah. I think it would have been totally the, fine to have him just be an antagonist in this movie. And then the first time we see him is at this presentation where he's like, Peter, what the fuck are you doing here? 
and have them have that antagonistic yeah. thing. It's, but instead, they put Franco in this horrible position where they're like, you have to ping pong back and forth between being this dude's best friend and this sinister fucking corporate type. Sorry, Andy, I interrupted you. It, it's all just a vehicle to make it worth him getting really, really mad. And that's all it's building towards. But it's done so... It's, it's done, done so it's, poorly. It's done as if this movie takes place a month after the first movie, where this movie actually takes place two years after. And it, it, it does feel awkward in the implementation. And it feels very early superhero film, like pre-MCU superhero film, where they are like, we want to set a thing up for the third movie. How do we do it? Like, how do we turn yeah. Harry Osborn into the villain? And I like it in concept. But yeah, in actual ex- execution, it just makes his character worse because the whole movie, he's just this miserable dude who you don't understand why he's friends with peter parker in fact you don't get the sense at all that he's friends with peter parker no. again it feels like anybody that. else yeah. who worked on the movie did not work on franco's dialogue like it's yeah. just it's so off from everything else maybe but that even was franco a like but this is the thing we've seen frank like franco can do better and this is what i'm talking like i get the feeling that some of this some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes and some of this stress and some of this like we don't know if we want to be here anymore i really it really feels to me like franco checked out a bit and wasn't wasn't given a lot of effort because there's he doesn't need to go from like hey pete yeah it's cool to be here by the way if you don't tell me who like he doesn't need to play it that way it's so bad you know what i mean like there's a lot of awkward stuff that's that's going on and i think it's just the rushed nature of this whole thing in the background is not helping like he hate the way his suit fits him i'm gonna say it wow i'm gonna say it yeah if you're so rich get a tailor franco (laughs) it just he doesn't have time for taylor you're not getting a tailor if you're depressed it just really ping pongs from Hey, happy birthday, Pete. Yo, why have you been ignoring my calls for the last couple of times? Like, I've been calling you, man. And then it immediately goes to, she likes you, man. She keeps looking at you. Like, what are you doing here, man? Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. belong we here. Bush, <laughs> are you trying to go for, is, is the goal now a threesome, Harry Osborne? I don't understand. <laughs> You're this so is your weird. ex-girlfriend. I'll say this, though, about James Franco in this movie. Yeah. Great hair. Great uh, hair. Later that night, oh god, Peter sees a bunch of unpaid bills and thinks maybe I should go into tech instead of being a superhero, or uh, I don't know, maybe just be more responsible, save people on my off hours. I don't know. Work life balance. Again, Aunt May gives Peter a twenty spot. Peter's like, listen, I can't take this twenty. She goes, no, 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 you need it more than I do. And he goes, no, 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 Aunt May, you have no idea how far twenty dollars goes in New York. That's not even gonna get me a cold slice of pie from Joe's Pizza. Aunt uh, May, uh, Rosemary Harris does kind of bring it with the breakdown of handing the $20 bill. Like it's a, oh, everything yeah, she does is a little wrong. melodramatic, it's but I did, very melodramatic. I did like that. I did like that scene. The one question that was in my head is like, what were the terms of the mortgage on the Parker house? Because aunt may is 80. Yeah. Like, what'd you get a 75 year fixed mortgage? <laughs> you got a Whoa. bad deal. Aunt May. <laughs> you have to imagine at some point they remortgaged the house to pay for uncle Ben's something or other. And yeah, for sure. Got into bad, right? It's just bad news bears, but also like maybe have a renter. You got a couple extra rooms, right? Get a couple mm-hmm. renters in there. Like maybe your deadbeat fucking nephew who's living the big life. It is weird, horrible studio apartment next yeah. to Dr. Mr. Dickovich and his whole family. $300 a picture is not going to pay for your apartment in Midtown, Pete, but it could probably go a, a large way towards Aunt May's mortgage. Yeah. I you would know? say Aunt May's mortgage probably maybe two grand a month, 300 bucks. Yeah. That's a pretty big chunk of it, buddy. Every week. Well, I, just, on, we, I can't believe we went three hours last week talking about Spider-Man and we talked about so many age differences and stuff. And to my recollection, we didn't talk about how ridiculous it is. I love them. I love them to death. The casting of Aunt May and Uncle Ben looks great. But why is she the oldest human being I've ever seen that <laughs> yeah. is that is the aunt to a 18 year old in that yeah, movie. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't wasn't know. It, it's wasn't crazy. it in the comics, like, the original reason that Aunt May was so old is, like, she's actually, like, great aunt or great something aunt. like that, that? That makes more sense. That makes but, sense. But, like, when we got around to Marissa Tomei, you were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, She'd that's like, correct. That, that is age uh, correct Same for age as a mom. kid who's 15. Yeah, mom yeah. age. Older, slightly younger. doesn't matter. Anyway, Aunt May it, it is uh, weird, pulls though. Peter aside and says, listen, i I got to be honest with you. I think about that dude that killed Uncle Ben. I really want to just fucking murder that guy. Peter's like... <laughs> Don't worry about it. I already took care of it. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking killed that guy, right? Murder. Uh, MJ waits around for Peter. She's like, I like seeing you tonight, Peter. And Peter responds, oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mr. Biagi, <laughs> a girl talked to me. Um, and it is like one, uh, of the, one of the problems that I have. Peter Parker y'all loved. I'm just putting yeah. it out there. Who's one of the problems that I have. Y'all, not y'all. <laughs> yeah. One of the problems that I have with this movie is uh, is how many scenes are directly mirrored from the first one and i understand that they're trying to set up plot parallels but there's there are so many themes and so many scenes that are directly mirrored and uh this was one of them i felt like i was watching the same scene again without much change from the first film well because she's even doing that same mj thing where she's like do you like do me? Do you like me? Yeah. I hate I Will hate it. you say it? Carboni, I, I fucking hate her performance here because she, as I'm watching it, I go, in the back of my mind, if I knew nothing about, if this was like my first, you know, movie watching and, and being um, sort of shown Spider-Man, I'd be like, is she really a villain that's trying to get him to kiss her because she has poison on her lips like poison ivy? Why right. is she like, well, what do you think, Peter? And like, oh, is she really going to try to fuck him over? It's so poorly like directed and she's just not. I don't know. Everything they with do, MJ, they do just not MJ dirty. They do I, MJ dirty in this trilogy because everything she is is like, will you say you love me? Because if you don't immediately in the next scene, I'm going to have another boyfriend. <laughs> It's, and it's then, the point and where, then once I have that other boyfriend, I will still ask you if you love me. And if not, maybe a third boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, but I mean, I don't, again, let's, let's make a distinction. I do not blame Kirsten Dunst for no, this. I don't think it no. was her performance. No I way. think it was just the terrible, terrible plotting of the writing of the characters that, that did this. Because at a certain point, when these two characters keep going, will they, won't they, back and forth like this, and they keep kind of screwing over each other and other people in their lives because of each other, I kind of don't like the characters. It's very toxic. Point. Their relationship is, is, at a is very point, toxic. You just go, I don't think you two should be together. You have to figure your fucking lives out. Uh, maybe just go on and like be Spider-Man for a couple of years and get over it, man. Yeah, she wasn't so naturally charming. I think Kristen Dunst is just so naturally charming. This wouldn't have... This would have never played. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm no longer rooting for this. Right yeah. Anyway, uh, MJ tells him that she's seeing someone now. Uh, and Peter tells her that he's coming to her. He's like, listen, I'm going to come to your play tomorrow. And she's like, I just fucking told you I'm dating someone. That is me. <laughs> he, that is he literally plays football on the moon, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Anyway, she says, don't disappoint me again, Peter. It's one of those things where I'm like, dude, I would have just been like, Peter, we're done. Stay away. Yeah. Anyway, Peter tries to sneak past his landlord, Mr. Dickovich. Named Great after name. uh, Steve Ditko. Mm. Oh, oh, I thought it was just because this guy was a dick. Uh, but the man has ears like a cat and eyes like a rodent. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> Look, here's the this thing, guy's man. awesome. This, this guy's, guy's awesome. Actor. His daughter's awesome. Like these, these are. Weird, are I need this. <laughs> I, it is fucking weird. So I weird. like him though. I like. It felt like it was out of like Harry Potter or some shit. The daughter yeah. character is is uh, it's so. Weird. All of a sudden, Harry Potter. Like all of a sudden, Peter Parker lives in like the Industrial <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he leaves Aunt May's house in like 1992. <laughs> 
and then he gets to his house and it's 1937 in everything's in england everything and they're just light. rebuilding from the fucking blitzkrieg you know <laughs> like super weird um the i i i it, it's one of those things where it always kind of like weirds me out that this this daughter the, his daughter character is in this and so she's like strange. clearly got a crush on peter and they never even they never really flesh that out they never really kind of like I don't know what her purpose she, she is. Go, yeah, I don't know she what comes back. At, she comes back in three just to be just to be treated like a like a like a like Format. scum. Yeah, like he, it's he, so strange. Part. It's very uh, strange. As a, as a as an Eastern European uh, as somebody of Eastern European descent, I'm really trying to figure out where the Ditkoviches are from. <laughs> the Ditkovich. <laughs> Sometimes they speak Russian, but they don't speak Russian like they're Russian, and their accents are very funny. And I just want to know where the Ditkoviches are actually from and what Listen, their story is. Carboni, back yeah. in two thousand, whenever this movie came out, yeah. we just lumped Before it we all knew together. About Europe. It was Russian, yeah. right? If you, that was it, right? And I still make that mistake today. I'll be like, that dude's Russian, and people will correct me. Be like, no, 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 no he's Slavic from, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Ditkovich yeah. has nice. some it's of the good. best lines in this movie, though, where it's just like, oh, hey, he's like, I got, oh, yeah, I got some of what is this, is it rent? Can I, can I pay the rent with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, by the way, I imagine that this is what it's like living with Kevin as your landlord. Uh, I digress. Peter heads to his shithole apartment. Uh, probably shouldn't have killed Harry's dad, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Harry, Karma. You know, if Norman was still alive, Harry's still alive. We still got that more apartment. Anyway, it's complicated. On it. It's bigger uh, than you and me, Nick. It's true. It is bigger than you and me. Um, I don't know. Uh, Harry forces Doc Octopus to hang out with Peter the next day and keep shouting Nobel Prize. And it's like, wow, man, James Franco. Terrible. Literally was like, does can Harry I just, Osborne? Can I just phone this in? Can I phone it in? Does Harry Osborne think that he's going to get $100 billion for the Nobel Prize? I don't understand. But also, I, I had to look it up. I, I literally looked it up afterwards because I was like, I know there is some money, and obviously he's going to patent this technology and whatever, but like, why does he keep saying Nobel Prize money, Nobel Prize? I looked it up. You win $1 million for the Nobel Prize. Oh, shit. Which but is not going to pay you back for your robot arms and your mini sun. No, that's tiny sun. You're in the it's red, a little tiny sun. It's a, such, such a small, small sun. sun. Small, uncontrollable uh, sun. Yeah, this, this, all of this sequence with Harry, and, uh, James Franco's character, just really reminds me of like, okay, I have a book of like how to write business executive 101. And it's it's all about the dollars, Nobel Prize, and like it's it's like an SNL character at this point. What are, yeah. it's so bad. All of it is so terrible. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's funny too because he's like a great I'm scene. Like, like that's the problem. It's like you take him out, and there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah. I feel like the, that's the meeting of the, the meeting of Peter and and Otto. Like this movie to to me, like at, the background that I'm using is is Peter's apartment from Spider Man and his amazing friends. It's his room in Aunt May's house, and Peter's big bad in that cartoon was Doc Ock. Doc Ock was for me the big Spider Man villain. I understood why the first one had to be the Green Goblin, but Doc Ock was my Spider Man villain. And just the meeting of Peter and Otto and seeing the immediate love between them and, and Alfred Molina just nailing shit in this scene made He's me so, so happy. He's so good. Uh, of course, uh, they meet and Doc Ock's like lays it down. He's like, oh, Connors talks highly of you. He says, you're, you're brilliant. He goes, but intelligence isn't everything. He says, you're lazy also. You got to put the work in here, Peter. And it's like, oh, okay. This guy's like, yeah, it's good. Uh, and then he says, he's like, yeah, cool. Let me show you my cool fusion machine. Uh, and it's like, uh, which will effectively make a small sun on the shoreline of one of the most densely populated cities in the United States of America. Why not? Uh, Peter and Otto become best Name friends. Name one problem. Com- What's that? 
Name one problem. Come on. It's a mini sun right there in the in midtown. Midtown. Come on. It's fine. No, that's fine. Fine. Uh, Peter and Otto become fast friends, and the conversation quickly turns to love. And Otto and his wife Rosie uh, have great chemistry. Both. I, I love these two actors together. Love. Part of me was love. like this. A couple more scenes of these people. That's Rosie. Good, that's good writing right there. When you're like, yeah. I would like to see how this relationship plays. You know. But plays here's out the thing. The 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 writing in this scene is kind of corny. You know, like when when Otto and Peter are going back and forth, and like, what about Bernoulli's principal lift? What about Marconi? Well, and it's like, I get it. Toby McGuire's delivery. <laughs> yeah, you're smart. But that, but that's what I'm getting at is like Alfred Molina and Donna. I forget her name. Donna. Um, right now. Uh, but sh- the two of them just play it. And Alfred Donna Molina, Martin. you can tell. Was just and he talked about how much he was in love with this character from the time he was a kid. And you can tell because he nails it. He's pitch perfect. He loves his wife. He is devoted to her. He's very smart. He knows it. He's full of himself. He won't be told otherwise. You can also yeah. tell nail Doc Ock in one scene with the same terrible dialogue that everybody else is fumbling with throughout this entire movie. And it's because Alfred Molina still cared. You can also tell that they have a very, very sexual active relationship. Like a great oh, marriage. They do. Like, yeah. great marriage. And they like, I think they're like, poly. Yeah. Andy, it's one of those things where like they'll, they like tell you about it, but a little too early in the conversation, you're like, I didn't, we just yeah. met. Let <laughs> me tell you something. Those arms are the industrial arms. You think there weren't prototypes? You think there aren't, you think there aren't machines that do other things in the oh, Octavius yeah. household? <laughs> they're a lot smoother, though. They are a lot smoother. Oh, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Otto uh, tells Peter that one way to get the girl to fall in love with him is to, is to read her poetry. And so, uh, so Peter's like, that's a great the idea. Poetry, so he takes huh? out a bunch of books for, of poetry from the library. And to which I, I would say, if I was Peter's friend, bro, she's already in love with you. You don't need to read her poetry. Peter does his laundry. And I hate his- this because like this scene to me is an example of like why I don't like this Peter Parker again, where it's like they introduce this poetry angle, which first off, it's like I, that is just such a weird ass thing in the year 2000, whatever the hell, mm-hmm. whatever this movie is set in this universe. It's weird. Timeless. I don't care. It's it's fucking weird. The poetry thing. When's the last time uh, reading a girl to poetry was a good idea? Because like. The, I, maybe the like 1910s or something yeah. exactly like it just doesn't make sense like i guess you play wonderwall for her like any other like something something more normal like that but like <laughs> Otto saying it to him and then him being like oh poetry and then it cutting in the next shot being him at the lottery mat with the poetry book i literally groaned out loud where i was like oh no this is a plot point now now yeah now we have to see how this goes through because they and, set it up industrial the thing era about it the thing that bugs me about it is like if he had time to go to the library and pick out all of the books that Otto recommended to him, you have time to just like swing by MJ's place yes. and say, hey, and you do really the thing did. that she's telling you to do, and which is spend time with her. There's a moment that's coming up here, right? Uh, well, you can skip to it, right? Peter, this is the night he's supposed to go uh, to the play. He opens up his closet. He sees the spider suit in his normal suit, and he, he picks this normal suit. It's a nice touch. Tries to buy the flowers. Can't buy the flowers. Whatever. Then, of course, as he's on the way to uh, the theater, he almost gets run over by a high-speed chase that's happening, and the scooter gets all screwed up. And then he goes, and he's like, shit, I got to do this. I got to save the day. And the whole scene takes approximately one minute and 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. But he is somehow an hour and a half late to this fucking theater. And it gets to the point where you're like, how? What did you do in between saving the day and swinging three blocks over to the theater. Did you hey, stop for a pierogi? What the fuck are you doing with your time, Peter? Maybe you I'll, suck. You suck, Peter. 
also, I want to talk about this fucking Mickey Mouse cartoon idea. I, when I when I see this scene, I think about that 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 Mickey Mouse short where he leaves the tickets for the opera at his house, and Pluto has to like get the tickets to him, and Mickey's just like, "Oh, how do I get to the theater?" That's not how theaters work. Hey, Bruce Campbell, tell him that intermission's coming. This is the importance <laughs> of being earnest on Broadway. It's, it's got like a four-hour runtime. Yeah. <laughs> I know. My that dude, was are you minutes. telling me you're three hours late to the play? Yeah. How <laughs> late are you to this play? Like, you were on time. It's weird. Now, Bruce I will Campbell hams it up. He's great. He hams by, by Spider-Man 3, Bruce Campbell is Rowan Atkinson from Love Actually. <laughs> yes. Or Rowan Atkinson from that role he, that he played. He is like Mr. He B. is like a hundred percent an omniscient angel who is there for a reason, He's a Christmas watcher. reason. <laughs> now here here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Having just gone to a musical last week. This is my favorite one of these three, by the way. Like, I just I, want to remind everybody of that. That's the thing. Having just gone to a musical this weekend and I asked the guy, I was like, hey. Because back in the day, I, you guys probably haven't been to a lot of musicals. Uh, Carboni, you probably have, but the rest mm -hmm. of these, these guys probably don't don't go to them. Yeah, because they're on they're, they're on culture swine. They're your your friends and coworkers don't know anything about I'm culture. Is that what you're saying? Here. There you go. Perfect. So they used blessing. They used to actually do this. They used to say, "Hey, because it's a live performance and because people on stage have to focus, you cannot come in and out during the show. You have to just mm -hmm. you got to pee. You got to just sit there and hold it." But that that used to be the way it is. Now I think they've changed that probably because of COVID. Because people are like, "Oh, get the fuck out they of here!" Have, out of there here. there are certain times during a during a play where the the ushers will hold you, but it's usually like a minute or two. But remember, we're in a timeless Sam Raimi New York, right? Of course. But even then, they had intermission. But that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I will say, as much as Bruce Campbell is annoying in this, a forty like twenty two year old Nick, I was like, "Let him in the fucking thing." We forty one year old. Hey, you know what? People paid really good money to see Kirsten Dunst in the importance of being earnest on Broadway. Yeah. You better fucking, you got to sit out there, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't come in. That's how it's going to go. I will say the scene before this made me wonder if this New York uses Gotham. Because I earlier in the movie, we had the scene where Peter Parker saved the two kids that are about to get hit by a car. And then in this last scene, right, like what, uh, one of the reasons why he's late is because he almost got hit by a car also. And mm -hmm. I like that was the point where I was like, what the fuck is up with this in New York? Because yeah. he got to the play and the, there was also the thing of the officer being like, hey, I'm going to tow your car. And at this point, I'm just like, I don't think I want to live in New York. No. <laughs> this movie uh, is yeah. making New York seem like a terrible place to live. This is but just also... the civil. Where are the civil engineers? You know what I mean? Because this is not yeah. Gotham. This is just a Gotham of no stoplights. Why is everybody about to get hit by a car? Um, also, but he, we did. Peter... We did kind of like. We did kind of skate over the fact that, like, that scene is good Spider-Man cool. action. Cool. And in yeah. just those two years, they learned a lot about how to make a Spider-Man action scene. Um, I love, by the way, but again, talking about tonally, like, tonally off scenes, he pulls up, correct me if I'm wrong, in the getaway car. Yeah. Right? And the cop's and he's like, like, I don't hey, care buddy. if you tow it. It's the getaway car. But the cop, no, he doesn't say that. The cop goes, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, buddy, if you park there, I'm gonna have to tow you." And yeah, he Peter says, goes, "Whatever, whatever, man." Like it's your fucking car. It's not even your car. Like the scene should have been played out. Like, hey, I don't care. It's not my <laughs> car. Right? It should have been played for last. I don't feel. Like I, I feel like his line reading is somewhere in between mine and yours. Not I feel like the truth lies somewhere in between. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I also do like the bit where like he he dodges getting hit by the car, and the kid's like, "How'd you how'd you do that?" I love that. And he's just like, "Uh, I, I forget exactly what he says." But he's like, "I eat, eat my, vegetables. I eat your green vegetables." 
Yeah, yes. yeah. And the kids are like, my mom tells me to do that. And I, I love that stuff. The kid but has, I wrote this, I actually wrote this down, bless. He said, that's what my mom always says. I just never believed her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I, but Best again, with a lot of things in this movie, I, I think that like, it was missed just a little bit. Like, I like the like writing. You, I don't like the delivery. I feel like it. That's because Tobey Maguire can't deliver comedy. I, I think he's just got to, like, it didn't even feel like Spider-Man did anything. I feel like he's been standing still for the last hour. And then he was asked mm-hmm. that question in an interview. Like, I, I need I need some, some personality. I need, like, oh, you know, just some vegetables. Yeah. Like, it, I need, like, out of breath or something. It just felt really odd and, like, ah, oh, you... You missed it. It was like perfect. You had such a good setup for this, and it's the still quips, a good line. Yeah. Just didn't love it. The quips it. don't. The quips feel like they're coming from Peter and not Spider Man, yeah. and it's Peter trying to shrug off. Like it's sad sack Peter, because this is one of the best Spider Man lines in the movie. And once again, Spider Man isn't there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Peter's like, "Eat your vegetables." Like, like the hilarious thing is just a thing that he's saying to brush it off. Whereas, like mm-hmm. at this point. I want to hear Spider-Man say, hey, stay in school, eat your vegetables. You can flip over a car, too, you know, (laughs) which I will Uh, say that was actually Tobey Maguire that flipped over that car. Um, They used the Toby take instead of the stuntman take because Toby did a great job. Oh, good for Toby. Uh, Peter waits outside of the theater and spots MJ leaving the actor's exit. Then he sees her make out with someone as tall, dark and handsome. And we get that (laughs) it's from the from the uh, the credits. It's John Jameson. And would you guy, say that he he when you see him when he walks up, he's got the energy of kind of like a like a wolf, like a man wolf, like a, like he makes guy, out like a man wolf. I was going to say that this guy's out of this world. Yeah. Is he a villain called Man Wolf? Is that what we're getting at? Is that I his Venom? I didn't. He's he, Man. He, he becomes car, he becomes Carnage yeah. in the comics. Wait, really? He becomes Venom. I think in one of the animateds. And in uh, in the comics, he starts off as Manwolf. He goes to the moon and he gets a weird cursed moon gem in his chest wow. and he becomes a werewolf. <laughs> I thought in the in the animated show, he came down with the symbiote, right? Yeah, yeah Venom comes with him. Yeah. And in the Venom uh, movie, they mentioned that this is the astronaut that crashed or whatever. And they, they right. mentioned the name. Right. Uh, cop cars pass. So Great Peter setup for three to... that they throw away. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Peter decides to throw everything he's got into being Spider-Man. Finally, I can murder people with impunity is what he says to himself. Only nope. he's having a little trouble uh, performing here. Carpool, he says. He can't, uh, can't really shoot the web anymore. Nope. Uh, so he has to take the elevator down and we get a fun what? little cameo from an, an early 2000s icon. Hal well, Sparks, Park. baby. And I love it. I love that we it's have- him. But. Go for it, Carboni. We have two hosts of the soup in this movie. We do. We have Hal Sparks oh, and Joel my McHale God. coming up. And Joel McHale <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get McHale, to that. I had to look up Joel McHale after watch, after remi- being reminded that he's in this movie because he yeah. he looks older in this movie. And I was like, how old he's is Joel McHale? He's more bald in this movie than he this is. This is before he got the yeah. first round of hair plugs. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I started doing the math in my head. And I was like, is Joel McHale 48 years old? And I, I couldn't believe it. I looked it up, and I was like, oh, he's 49 years old. <laughs> I, I was shocked when I learned that. How Sparks and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, go on, Tim. Th- this elevator scene to me is it's so close to being good. And like I, I'll even at the end of the day say it's fine. It's good. But yeah. I imagine how much better it would be if it was Tom Holland Tom in Holland. that suit, right? Yeah. It's just what you were just saying, Carboni, about the confidence of Spider-Man versus Peter Parker. And like it, the, the lines are fine. I think they could be better, but they're fine. It's just the delivery. Like, there's no confidence. That it kind of just feels like, I don't know, you're Spider-Man in an elevator with this guy. Like, have yeah. some awareness. You of know what that's that funny. Feels. You know what's happening here. And also just where you're at mentally. Like, oh, Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Uh, so I will say, did we? Did, <laughs> ah, which Toby version Maguire. did we all watch? Because I watched, I watched 2.1. 
which I is think like I just it, watched the OG, which is like the Blu-ray. Uh, in two point one, it's the extended elevator scene with Hal Sparks. It's and I must have seen that then. I must have seen that version. That's yeah, the I one you saw. Uh, because he and Hal Sparks, they were just told to improv that whole scene. So Hal Sparks literally did all that on the fly. And can I just tell you, Tobey Maguire gave him nothing as an nothing. improv partner. Fuck. Hal Sparks is going. And he's like, what if we do this? What if we do this? And Tobey Maguire's like, comic. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, Toby yeah. was just like, been, I gotta get back to It could to have been that. a better scene, but it it is still one of the funnier bits in this movie. I agree. And the the whole thing of like, uh, he tries to give him the card and he's like, I don't have any pockets. Like, that's a good line. Yep. Uh, Peter calls MJ the next day and tries to leave a message for her on her answer machine. And I would just be at this light. I would just be like, hey, why don't you tell you actually got in an accident? Because that's actually what happened. You can show her your scooter that got ran over. It's not you that hard. You dragged it home. Point. Literally be honest with her and be like, hey, I wanted to come there, but I got hit by a fucking car. Where's the lie? Then you move on. Uh, Then he leaves her a creepy message instead of telling her the truth. I'm Spider-Man. Weird, huh? If my enemies found out about you, if you got hurt, I could never forgive myself. And she's like, I'm still in therapy from falling off a fucking bridge. The damage is done, homie. Let's move on. Peter heads over to Hold on, Nick. You didn't give that enough love. I expected you to to give it a little more love. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me say this. I'm sorry, MJ. And then it clicks off. It says, you owe 50 cents. And he's like, I'm so broke. I can't finish this message. But he does. I mean, you know what? I'm going to finish the message anyway. I'm Spider-Man. Weird, huh? If my enemies found out about you, if you got hurt, I could never forgive myself. Oh, what a co-winky-dink. No, but it's not a coincidence. He knows the the call was cut off. And he knows he's free to say whatever he wants now. And he says it. Bless bless you like this, don't you? I like this. I I want to be clear. No, I want to be clear. I'm not saying it's a coincidence. I'm saying yeah. him being like, weird, weird, huh? Oh, weird. Shit. <laughs> like, yeah, not that it's actually a coincidence. Oh, no, the it's actual just... line of, I'm yeah. Spider-Man, weird, huh? Yeah. I like this call. This, to me, is a very classic Peter Parker thing of, like, I wish these are the things I wish I could say. And I think that's... Nobody says things like this. And she, I mean, what, when did this movie come out? 2006, 2004? 1973. <laughs> I was 24 when this movie came out. I never said in my fucking life. I grew up in the 80s. Weird, At no huh? point did I ever say, ah, shucks, oh boy, or huh, at the end of a sentence. It just didn't happen. People don't Timeless talk like that. New York. This Nicholas. is a post 9 11 New York. Okay? This is Timeless. A, people don't talk like that. This is They're a harder. Macy Gray world, all right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's you don't have fucking Macy, Macy Gray to play the non Macy's parade. It's, and Macy, her, it's Macy's oh, world, baby. Weird. Peter Parker's huh? just living in it. Anyway, Peter heads over I to the like office. I do like his motivations too. Like I, I know it's very basic and very like, oh, of course, these are his motivations for not telling her. But I feel like up to this point, they do a bad job of actually being like, this is why, like he do- he can't be with her, and this is why, like this is why they're having this back and forth struggle. And even though I think mm-hmm. he, as we even go in the movie, that struggle becomes a bit like. All right, we've gone through it, especially when we get into the point where it kind of flips around, where Peter's like, "Okay, now I want to be with you," and she's like, "No, right?" Like, I, I they 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 belabor it, but I do like yeah. getting that blatant. Hey, here's what's up, and this is they, why they may be, they, yeah, they may be 180 those those motivations a couple times too many oh, for me yes. in this movie. But yeah. <laughs> let's add a let's add a third person in the movie that plays the role of the audience. And is hearing each side. They're like the mediator, right? They're like, mm-hmm. wait, so Peter told you what? And then the next day they're with MJ. And 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 what happened? 
And I just want them to show the frustration that we have of like, fucking just stop talking to the guy. Oh, like, I'm annoyed with you all telling me all these things. This is a toxic relationship. <laughs> They're not communicating properly. Exactly. Love and sex uh, stuff. It's all about I will say this. The only reason why I like the will they, won't they, this, this sort of the moments in classic Spider-Man where he's like, I'm, I'm coming to grips with, you know, the, the struggle between Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I can't, I'm having a hard time finding that balance. I love this for one line and one line only. That is unfortunately not in this movie, but in 2008, we'll see it when fucking Robert Downey Jr. stares at the camera and goes, I am Iron Man, and just totally takes all that bullshit away from the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, Kevin Feige, and thank you for that, uh, Robert Downey Jr. But we're not there yet, Tim. Otto uses his robot arms because he's like, hey, if you're going to make a fusion bomb, you got a robot arms. Hey, hey, Harry, Harry. Here's what your Nobel technology? Prize, dude. Why are we why are we going past the robot arms? Hey, everybody in the room, we're good with the robot arms? No, not hey, only that, but okay? one of one of the we're reporters that reporter, one of the reporters asks a question, but she asks a question from a world where we already know that there are robot <laughs> arms. She asks a question from a world, she says, if they're AI, couldn't they take control of you? That's not something you know. Timeless. This is the set of robot arms that. you've ever seen I'm everybody this is Anthony. like if there was if i walked outside and i saw a bear beating a man to death and an ice cream truck and i went oh shit ice cream truck <laughs> anthony i want to play this scene out with you right now i want to see that i want to play this scene out with you i would like i would like you to be dr Oct Oct octavius and yeah. i will be the reporter okay sure. But, uh, but Ladies like and gentlemen, uh, welcome here to my very cool place that I bought with my wife. We have an open relationship. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Uh, ask that's me about that later. Uh, I am now going to put these real. These were real. They used real needles on on him in this first shot. I'm going to put these real needles into my back, and I will use these super intelligent robot arms mm. to do the experiment that you're here to see. Uh, yes, lady I'm, I'm reporter, Doctor Octavius, you, you kind of yes. glossed past this. Are you controlling these arms with your mind? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course I am. You'd have to control them with your mind. Uh, they have four cameras, and I control them all with my mind, and I see everything all the time, and uh, they're just my robot arms. Uh, did you did you need a water or anything, or can we move on? <laughs> no, that was my that was my only question. Yeah, One of the arms gives you a water. It's like, okay, cool, yeah. great. <laughs> so like, you think that would be like, this has the amazing rest of us ramifications. All uh, Otto just goes like, okay, the rest of us all understand what I we mean when it, I right. say robot <laughs> arms that are controlled uh, by uh, my mind, right? I'm sorry, from, from New York, a reporter from New York Times, you've seen mind-controlled robot arms before. This <laughs> is a common thing, right? This idiot from I'm the Daily saying, Beagle doesn't fucking get what's going on. We are burying the lead here at Octavius Operations or whatever you know what i mean like here's what i'll say i love this i love this story i love that how they they nailed the character of Otto octavius but i will say spider-man ps4 tells this story one thousand times better and i'm not saying that to denigrate spider-man 2 i'm just saying they took they looked at this movie and they were like what was missing how do we fix it? How do we mm -hmm. tighten this relationship? How do we do more with it? You know, this is good for the time. 
and I still love this movie. But damn, everybody, mind control robot arms should be a bigger deal to you. Yeah, kind of huge. Like that's a really big technology. Anyway, we've belabored that point enough. Let's move on yeah. to the to the part where he creates a small mini sun in the middle of midtime Manhattan using tritium and a little bit of that ingenuity with those extra arms, Tim. And shout out to a little cameo we get here from Daniel Day Kim, who is like, yeah, I'm in this movie too. Doc, Just do we the have a successful hottest lab success- assistant? Oh, man, I know. I'm like this. I'm like again. You're talking about talk about open relationship. You're like, is this oh, inappropriate? Yeah. Time, There's Daniel. a reason why he why he hey, like why he and Rosie are helping with the relay like oh yeah hey Rosie and him are like yeah chemistry it's we got it don't worry about it mm-hmm. Otto why don't you go read some poetry of everybody because uh, we're gonna make some uh, poetry of our own here uh, anyway shit goes down it doesn't go well Otto succeeds in making a small sun uh, and he uses his robot arms apparently to push the solar flares back into place yeah I and have it's a question like, about what. If this robot sun or this tiny sun mm-hmm. that's going to be infinite energy, mm-hmm. does it need a man with robot arms to push the solar flares in all the Great. time? Great question. Thank you for that, Daily Bugle reporter. Um, yes, yeah. in fact, we're going to have to have an army of people pushing this thing back in. We could not automate this at all. There's no way we could actually take these hyper smart robot arms and put them in, I don't know, other metal and just have you said them they're AI. So they yeah. already have their own intelligence. Yeah, we just uh, we didn't really look into Luckily, that. Luckily, we have a set question. of twenty. We have twenty of them just kind of lying yeah. around. So every, every reporter, so look under your seat. Look under your seat, yeah. reporters. <laughs> you get some arms, and you get some arms, and yeah, okay, that's. Um, but I do like this scene for uh, because number one, look, he's a man with robot arms. Like it's cool. We can blow past this, but uh, and and I like this scene because we are now hammering home once again the mm-hmm. ego of Doc Ock. The ego of Otto Octavius where he's like, I have it. Yes. I have this. Not only did I not think about the fact that there's so much magnetic metal in my fucking cool sex loft. Yeah, it's a sex loft. I should have really thought about that. But also, I will control this. I do not misstep. I am Otto Octavius. And I do love this as, as like a scene and a set piece for an origin for Doc Ock. Pitch perfect. Uh, You know what I fucking hate, though? Oh, Oh, my God. No, I think we agreed on Pitch Perfect, Andy. I see, I see Harry Osborne clapping, and then Bell Price, and then little tap on the shoulder. This is a breakthrough beyond your father's dreams. Thank you. <laughs> what? What <laughs> is the writing in these movies, man? It's so he doesn't bad. just say it. He doesn't just say it. He puts his hand on that guy's sho- uh, hand on his shoulder. It's like so like terrible. it's a shared moment between the two of them. Uh, we got this movie's got some hairy problems. We'll see. We'll put this movie up there with the Dark Knight. No, it's not the it's not the Dark Knight. Uh, let's move along. We have a containment breach, of course, mm-hmm. sending flares everywhere, magnetizes, so everything starts going bonkers. Of course, Peter bangs out, comes back, as Spider Man saves Harry, who apparently is like this doesn't make us equal a square anymore it sucks (laughs) he's like and then glass breaks and kills rosie we get the first of the vicky vale screams here it's definitely Mm -hmm. not uh donna murphy i think is the actress's name screaming yeah it's just the same scream over and over again to the point i was like this has to be a joke right and our first sam raimi uh reflected surface death in the movie and we are like so far in he didn't like he used Sam Raimi used stylistic restraint in this movie. Oh, don't worry. All that restraint's going to go out the window in about two <laughs> scenes from now. Man, no, uh, I, I, I just. Because the little chip, that uh, the little chip bursts in the back of Otto's brain, popping off, and then uh, he's all mad. And then Harry is mm-hmm. mad that Spider Man touched him. Everything went crazy, but Spider Man shuts it off. And then Harry's like, Spider Man saved your life. Surely you're okay. And I was like, he's fucking dead for even touching me. How dare you even touch me? Stupid, and then we get a piece dude. of expulsory dialogue. By touching me. Stupid. Exactly. It's so fucking stupid. This, and I, I know we glossed over. off the 
rack and we, he touched it. We glossed over him getting saved, but I just fucking hate him being in the room being like, Otto, stop. It's my money. And then Spider-Man swings in and saves him from getting hit. They land. This doesn't change anything. Yeah. What are we doing, man? Awful. I got to be like this. You know what? And this is why I can never be Spider-Man, Tim. Because I'd be like this. Oh, it doesn't? And I would have swung his fucking ass right back into it. <laughs> Throw him into oh, the bro. mini sun. Like you think, I, you think I fucking need another billionaire villain guy? Fucking get out there! You get hit yeah. by a cart. I don't give a shit. Uh, the the community, like you want to talk about, like so much of this movie would have been saved by Peter just saying anything except a line that was clearly written for a bumbling character. Like if Peter, there are a couple times where Peter can say something very natural that would. And one of them was with Harry later on in this movie. But oh, we'll on. get to there. Oh, we'll get yeah. to that because I know exactly what you're talking about. Peter, you killed my dad. We don't have time for that right now. Yeah. <laughs> we, this is bigger than what's. That. This is bigger than you and me. Oh, motherfucker! Hold on a second. Yes, so right? you're admitting anyway. you killed my yeah. dad? It's neither, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. <laughs> you know what reminds me of Andy? Did you ever see the Wet Hot American Summer? Uh, the series where John Hamm kills a bunch of people and he's like, wait a minute, like he's like, and then he turns out to be a good guy at the end, and then one of the characters is like, but wait, but you still killed a bunch of my friends, and he's like, I don't think anything I'm gonna say here is gonna make you happy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. This <laughs> is that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, Harry's mad. We get a, we get a piece of expo- uh, expository dialogue here where someone's like, oh, thank God we only had a drop of that tree because if we had a, a soccer ball size, it would take out a whole fucking city. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Then I we cut love over. that. I love Mr. Mr. and Dr. Exposition walking out of there. I love yep. it. And uh, then Peter, and then Peter walks out completely separated from uh, Harry after Harry says the line about he, he humiliated me. And then Harry just, wa- like, wait. Why are you not together and kind of like, I don't know. It's just another one of those unrealistic things that makes zero sense to me. It's true. Uh, we cut over to the doctor's office where now these things have been fused to uh, the arms have been fused to uh, Doc Ock's spine. And I'll say what, say what you will about these movies. I fucking love this scene. This, this scene is the most fucking rips evil dead shit I've ever seen in my life. And you have to think he just put that in there as some sort of like weird fuck you to the to the powers that be at Sony. Because this scene For is sure. horrifying. And Do awesome. you know what my favorite thing in this in this scene is? Stainless steel surgical chainsaw. chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you don't know, is obviously, it. obviously an homage to Ash in, in uh, yeah. Army of Darkness. With this is such arm. a good scene. Cutting between the different uh, the different tentacles and what they're seeing and it. Otto like clearly not being part of this and not knowing what's going on and like having to watch it. And oh, so I, I, I've been doing the rewatches with Gia, her sister and her sister's boyfriend. And what's funny about her sister and sister's boyfriend is they're normal people. So they don't see <laughs> these clips on Twitter every year once they recirculate where we have to see <laughs> Remember that crazy moment in Spider-Man 2? So like, this is the first time they've seen this in 20 years. And them watching it, when it started, literally her sister went, what the fuck? And then it kept going. And a minute and a half later, she was like, hold, how, how is this happening in this movie? Like, it's so crazy. I fucking love it. Cause I love that they just go for it. But my God, their commitment of like, they're like, okay, we're going to make sure the audience is paying attention here. Let's throw some weird shit at them. And then let's get weirder. And then let's get fucking all caps weird. And then let's just keep on going. Like it goes so fucking far, so fast and so slow at the same time. Do you remember when I told Willem Dafoe to be a bat gargle man? (laughs) 
I want to top that. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what I was about to bring in. Like, I, it reminds me of in the first movie how Green Goblin. We talked about how this man, or at least I talked about how this man feels like he's from a different movie, right? He feels like he's from a Sam Raimi movie that is full Sam Raimi. And I feel like in this movie, Doc Ock, from this scene on, he feels like not not that he's from a different movie, but he feels full Sam Raimi in a yeah. way that actually does fit into this movie, oh, which yes. is what I like the most about. I it. just needed he, gore. He, I needed gore in this sequence. They're doing this. They're doing <laughs> this cartoon. It's even worse. Yeah, oh my god. Is horrible. That's they horrible. waxed the floor for that guy. You know that, right? They waxed the floor and then like literally pulled him over wax. It's amazing. But that's cool. That's uh, a cool touch. Th- yeah, the idea that they set up so much of this cartoony, wishy-washy Charlie Brown timeless New York and then when they introduce the villain, the villain is hard violent Sam Raimi horror. I actually really like because it really feels like Doc Ock is invading this Peanuts Sunday comic cart like cartoon world and he does it is bad that he is there you know mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a dangerous feeling uh, of course he walks out of the hospital in a in a with a gown wrapped around his waist and you're like huh, that was a choice uh, and then spots I like this little touch looks over sees a spider web and he's like all right cool then he heads to an abandoned warehouse to start again over at the Daily Bugle they workshop names for Doc Ock and I love this part because it reminds me so much of working with Greg Miller it's like. I come up with all the good names. Greg just takes credit for all of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, exactly. <sighs> of course, they do give a little shout out. He's like, what about Doctor Strange? And he's like, no, that's taken. And I'm like, oh, Ugh, a little I wish. Uh, Jameson gives Peter the job of taking pictures of it. He's like, listen, I need someone. My guy quit. I got hit on the head by something or whatever. I, gotta, I need you to come to this society event right now and take pictures of my son, the astronaut. And Peter's like, all right, whatever. I need money. Over at the warehouse, Otto realizes the inhibitor chip is gone. And now his only friends are his little hands, just like me when I was 13. I'd like to apologize for that joke. Uh, he decided to rebuild. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to rebuild and give it another <laughs> shot. But we'll need money first. You know who has money? The bank. The real crime would be not to finish what we started. Just like the real crime would be not to go for the obvious masturbation joke. So we're doing Jekyll. We're doing Jekyll and Hyde again. I'm ignoring Nick's joke. And I'm ignoring Nick's <laughs> meta joke about the joke. <laughs> um we're doing Jekyll and Hyde again, and I feel like some of what Sam Raimi was doing with this movie and some of what everybody was doing with this movie is like, look at what we've learned. And in doing look at what we've learned, they kind of wind up making the same movie again, but better. And Sam Raimi's done this before. Evil Dead 2 is literally Evil Dead. Yes. It's the same a movie. A weird it, Like, Yeah, it, it just, Evil Dead didn't happen. Here's what we're doing. And I sort of feel like he was wink, wink, nudge, nudge, trying to do that here, where it's like, you haven't seen this before because I know how to do it now. I think, I mean, to, to a degree, I get, and I give him credit for this because at least he's bringing a dimension to the character. This character mm-hmm. is not just like a, I'm bad for bad sake. And that is a hallmark of this series, right? I think one of the characters that I look forward to is the Sandman, who yeah. I actually sympathize with because you're like, the guy's like, I'm just trying to take care of my kid and no one's giving me a break. Uh, but well, Strong villains. Uh, this is where we go over to the bank and we see young and or old Joel McHale uh, who plays a bad banker and he gets kicked in the leg for it. Uh, meanwhile, behind him, Otto is just there about to rob this bank. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, At least we get the toaster. It's just so sad. Yeah. It's, it's just like, oh. everything is so Charlie Brown for the for the Parkers at all times. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you're 200 years old and you're trying to still exist in society. Just die, Aunt May. Just die. Jesus. Wow. Uh, right uh, you guys were all thinking it. I'm the only one that has the no. courage to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this, of course, kicks off well, another. I mean, Nick, clearly, clearly, Tobey Maguire. Uh, or in this world, Peter Parker, her nephew, feels the exact same way. Because to her, 
for Abe's perspective, this horrible situation starts and he runs away. He just runs Peter away. runs and Joel McHale literally <laughs> says, that kid of yours is a real hero. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I want to talk about the fact that this bank vault is filled with pirate doubloons. Yeah. That's <laughs> a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> I love that like it's sacks of pirate doubloons. Yes. Like if we didn't need Sam Raimi to hammer home that this is a cartoon anymore, like don't worry, we'll we'll literally toss gold coins at one another. I love it. And also, I how did it. this gigantic man just get, saunter in here with nobody noticing and? knocks the first thing into the wall and everybody's cool with that but it's the pulling the bank vault wall off that really goes yeah. oh wow i didn't know he's gonna pull it off like it's because yeah. a pirate notices and stands up and goes no my doubloons yeah oh they're gonna take my i traded money. those for a toaster <laughs> sorry ridiculous. i mean i do want to give a shout out to alfred molina here who before robbing the bank stopped off at the cowboy store to get a bunch of dusters and he oh, threw I all those it. trench coats on and showed up in full mm. leather Cut the uh, holes for the cut the holes for the robot arms. And I also want to give a shout. Let's give a shout out to the fact that. that half the time, like like Bless said, these are practical arms. These are animatronic arms. They tried. They literally tried every shot with the animatronic arms first, and only went CG if they felt like they couldn't pull it off. Sixteen people working those arms at all times. It They're looks so worth worth every. Person. I will it looks say so that, good. I will say that they the first cool. reveal though. Uh, not the first reveal, but one of my favorite scenes that we had passed already was clearly CG arm at that moment. But it's the night scene where Nick had mentioned that he he walks out of there like shirtless or whatever. And it's the sequence that I still have saved on my phone because I took a I took a photo of my TV the first time we watched this where the arm is doing this. And Alfred Molina just goes and he looks at the camera in the weirdest fashion possible. It's yes. one of my favorite like screenshot things cuz Alfred Molina was like full in on it. He was like I'm going to yeah. make this really scary and I kind of hate it. <laughs> it's say. I it's so good. <laughs> Alfred Molina like got so into this thing. He named the tentacles. You know that, right? Oh wow. He named them all. He named them Larry, Harry, Mo and Flo. Oh, I think and I did know Flo, that. And yeah. Flo if you watch the movie flow is upper right tentacle and it's the one that's always doing things like helping him put his glasses on helping him get a drink and he named it flow because he was like that's mother tentacle oh, oh wow. that's flow. like the progressive commercials mm -hmm. uh, i was gonna say we... what well, he's he's pretty much just like uh he's like sir ian mckellen on the lord of the Rings sets like he was so into this universe wizard 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 sir ian yes, wizard, yes, yes, yes exactly <laughs> Uh, this is a great scene. I, I like it. They're throwing bags of money at each other. And then, of course, Peter has another problem, quote, performing. But thankfully, he pulls it out at the last second. Uh, we it's get... a lot how in the previous movie, it, the whole thing felt like a meta commentary about puberty. And in this, in this movie, it's more so like performance and getting it up. <laughs> right. Yeah, I find that it's, a, it's a weird through line <laughs> between all these movies. I love it. We get more of the same scream, and then Aunt May proves she has some amazing upper body strength of her own as Stan Lee uh, saves people down below from falling rubble. Uh, Aunt May, I like the scene that Peter gets thrown through the the window next door, and then he has to like slingshot himself as he does. So of course Aunt May cracks uh, Doc Ock on on the uh, glasses and like throws off his concentration, allowing Peter to he, kind of take him down for a hot he second. He slingshots himself. He yeah. slingshots himself in this movie like fifteen times, yeah. and I never got tired of it. So oh, I'm yeah. right there with you. So funny. Well, the cool. first time he did it, I was like. What's he doing? Is he doing it? Is he yeah. do? Oh my god! Oh, he's doing oh it! Oh my god! Holy shit! Uh, through, through the walkway, through the gap in the walkway, is the best one. So by good. the way, 
It definitely is one of those things where it's like he in the back of his brain is like, I could just jump out the window and shoot my web and pull myself. No, this is way cooler. This is going to look so much cool. It's going to be such a cooler story for the people that work in this tailor shop. Aunt May's going to be so proud of me. He fucking slinked to he fucking slingshotted himself. You don't even know, bro. I want to point out that in this scene, Rosemary Harris did all of her own stunts. Alfred Molina did not. Alfred Molina famously hated wearing the tentacles and hated doing stunts, and the stunt team would have to trick him into doing stunts. Meanwhile, Rosemary Harris was like, fuck it, we all die sometime. Hang me off of this thing. Push me off of this. Put me on wires. I love it. And they would like literally make fun of Alfred Molina on set because Rosemary Harris would do it, and he wouldn't. She was Her hundreds hanging. of feet in the air without a harness. Just, yeah. <laughs> just <that's it. laughs> on the top of a building. Her hanging from there like, and then like uh, landing her feet on the like side railing of the building. Like it. Catches funny. me off guard every single time. Every I somehow time. forget yeah. every single time. And I'm like, oh shit, she's good. It's, it's funny. So good. Um, I, I just read this piece of trivia. She was actually in the Spider-Man costume for like 30, 30% of the time. <laughs> wow. That's true. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because yeah. cool. Toby was I pretending he had a back injury. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my back. Oh, my yeah. back. Rosemary, get in there. And she's like, uh, honest day's work is good for an honest day's pay. Uh, anyway, uh, he drops off Aunt May and she thanks him. And he's like, oh, I thought you didn't like me. She's like, no, I know a hero when I see one. And then when he takes off, uh, a bunch of uh, young women are like, take me with you. Ooh. And it's like, yeah, I love that we have to like pan up to like women in fucking tube tops. Just like oh, that was Spider-Man. There's so much bare. There's so much. <laughs> early aughts bear midriff happening in this with i mean we're gonna get to the the russian and or slavic guy's uh daughter who's wearing pants that are so low you're like i don't think that's I what think is your I don't, vibe what's Dinkovich, going on here? what's your vibe yeah what's happening with this anyway do you uh, go to school uh, like what's yeah, what's yeah, going dude. on like, what is your what is the relationship between you and this old man you live with i'm yeah. just saying it's like yeah. is this illicit is it illegal i don't know do you need help let me know anyway peter has the society events and he can't catch a break with the oars divorce here uh while harry gets super drunk on fancy bubbly uh then he spots mj coming down with astronaut john johnson and he's like oh no that's the guy she was with he's an astronaut oh, i'm spider-man but i mean i'll be honest with you Astronauts are cooler than Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Peter tries to recite some poetry to MJ, and she shuts him the fuck down. She tells because it's that, weird. Yeah, it's weird. Don't take your advice from a fifty-year-old <laughs> physicist when it comes to running game, Peter Parker. And then MJ lays it out, and this is the scene I have the most problem with, right? Okay. Because she's like, I've been doing this show for a long time. Everyone in my life, even my deadbeat dad, has come to see this show. After and you, you haven't seen it. You can't make it out. After all these years, you're nothing but an empty seat to me. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, they're not friends. Are they best? I don't think they know each other at all. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Harry's like, finally had enough of it. He's like, listen, man, it's been two years. I thought I've been pretty cool here, Andy. Harry, <laughs> like, I've Harry's, had a lot of patience with you, Andy. Harry's just from a different movie popping in here yeah. and being like, I got my yeah. own problems with you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then he slaps Peter. Dude, not once, but twice. the fucking slaps. He slaps. The fucking that took, slaps. That took a little bit too far. I, I will say this. Whatever you think about their performances in the rest of this film, and we have a lot of thoughts. Boy, boy, did this boy did this fucking like baby slap fight serious. between the two of them feel real? Yeah, it did. It like, felt very real. And not only like that, Franco does like the little baby slap, and like McGuire just looks like I just got fucking <gasps> baby slapped. <laughs> I got slapped. Holy I got slapped shit! In hard. front of in front of the first guy to play football on the moon. <laughs> Exactly. A literal line about John Jameson that I love. 
Hey, played for that's awesome. Uh, of course, then uh, we get a lot in this scene, right? Peter's like, Oh, Shudge got slapped by my friend. Meanwhile, someone underneath their breath's like, This guy fucking sucks, right? Uh, and then uh, John takes the stage again. He's like, Hey, everyone, I just wanted to let you know that uh, Mary Jane has uh, agreed to marry me, and everyone starts clapping. And then anybody Peter, else get whiplash from that? Yes, it's very strange. That seems fast. Yep. Well, she's like, you know what? I'm over Peter. I, this it's guy a asked very, me a week it's ago. A, he's an astronaut. Yeah. Right now. It's a very extreme an version of what we've been talking about where it's like, well, if you're not going to say the right thing, then now I'm with this guy. But like, she just keeps heightening it every time. Yeah. It's terrible writing. What it I, should have been established beforehand. What but. I really wanted to see for just for pure comedic sake is the slap. Be like, oh, Harry, what the fuck? Why'd you just slap me? Hey, by the way, MJ's going to marry me. Oh, my God. What the fuck is going on? And <laughs> then Aunt sucks. May is dead. She choked on rice. It's Uncle Ben's rice. Like, I just like <laughs> this sequence just and Peter's just like, ah, oh, shucks. What are you going to do? Like, it cuts to me. <laughs> It cuts to like John Jameson being like, yeah, she's going to marry me. And then Harry like slaps him again. It's like, no, motherfucker, we're talking. Yeah. And then like he turns back and then J. Jonah Jameson's like, Parker, get the picture. And he Take turns around and like Harry's like, no, Peter, slap. You yeah. killed like Harry's Doc like the, walks by, in for some reason. Yeah. He's like, by the way, the house that your grandma used to own, like I foreclosed that shit. Or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's just I a, will say just something like Wayne walks in. He's like, I bought the bank. <laughs> something that was man? in the first draft of this. That was uh, Michael Chabin's draft that I think is a little better is up until this in the original draft. Peter and Harry were still living together. Oh, that's great. That and this weird. is what makes Peter move out in the first draft, mm. you know, which I think be... is an interesting take. That would have been interesting, but also yeah. horrible. Uh, Peter goes through. You think he should stay after he gets baby slapped twice? <laughs> no, I think I, I like that they are not living together anymore because I like that at least we find some level of estrangement between you. These baby two slapped who, me once, Nick, and we didn't speak for six months. <laughs> you asked me to do it. Um, Peter goes for a swing around the city to clear his head and once again uh, has performance issues, starts shooting blanks early. Uh, and then he falls down and he screams out loud, why is this happening to me? To which I would respond, hey, buddy, keep it in your head. Okay, inner monologue. We have that in here. Mm -hmm. uh, he tries to climb the wall and falls. Then his vision starts to blur again, just like Snowbike Mike every time he plays anything. Got to put mm -hmm. your glasses back on. Peter heads to the doctor to get checked out. And I'll tell you what, guys. First, I'm like, this doctor's pretty cool. He's wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt. Then he hops up on the chair with Peter. And I'm like, nope, little, little too, uh, little why too uh, familiar here, buddy. Does everyone in this movie take time like people will are alternately slapping peter parker <laughs> knocking him down or complete strangers are taking time to be his high school guidance counselor out of nowhere it's weird it happens a lot in this weird. movie i've always thought it was weird like ever since i was little watching this movie like so you're telling me that this doctor is looking into peter parker and isn't like yo you're spider-man oh the doctor pretty much says it I think the, the doctor's doctor pretty much like, oh, patient, your friend. Patient doctor oh, okay. confidentiality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to imagine the doctor was like this. Let me take your pulse and grabbed his wrist and was like, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> what is that pole? You, you have two of them. Okay, I see. I squeezed you your forearm and some it's, web came it's, out it's, of it. Now I can't get this web off. It's me. just very weird how this whole thing is like Peter is alone, but they don't really want to make Peter alone. And so, like, literally everyone will take Peter Parker aside for five minutes and be like, buddy, I don't know you, but here's what it looks like is going on in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I anyway, don't know. The, doc the doctor tells him, he's like, yeah, man, it's all in your head. It sounds like it's all in your head. And Peter's like, okay. And he's like, listen, sometimes if you're conflicted, you got to make a choice, and that'll, that'll do what it does. And Peter's like, fuck, I fucking suck. Too <laughs> Spider-Man. 
Uh, he then he talks to Uncle Ben in heaven, just like Harry Potter did. The doctor knows he's Spider Man. That makes it even worse for me. Well, I mean, like, but he knows way too much. I'm like, oh, you got to make a choice. Uh, You clearly have to choose between being Peter Parker and being Spider Man. Doctor, he doesn't know, no, but like, he's like, yeah, I have this dream where I'm Spider Man. No, it's my friend's dream, and like, blah blah. It's like, okay, dude. He maybe doesn't know that he's Spider Man, but he's like, okay, something's going on. I don't, you know, and you're probably also Spider Man. I took this as, okay, you're talking a lot, kid, and I just lost interest in you. So let me get you the yeah. fuck out of my office because it's really expensive to rent this office in Upper Manhattan, and I got to make some money. Anyway, I think he's by- I think he's a Columbia University like health center doctor. Oh, because he mentions like Doctor Connors, and he's, oh, yeah, and he's allowed okay. to wear a Grateful Dead shirt to work. So like, <laughs> the kids. I mean, I tell you what, man. You know what kids love in college? Grateful Dead. <laughs> sure they do. fucking yeah. love it. They love yeah. being a deadhead, man. When I was in college, I was like Coldplay, Grateful Dead, two of the greatest bands ever made. Wow. <sighs> Coldplay was very popular. Did you really like Coldplay? No, but it was just, it was, they, okay. they rose to prominence around in the early sure. 2000s when I graduated college. And I remember right. every, every person that I had any interest in hanging out with was always like, you want to go to a Coldplay concert? I was like, <laughs> I guess I have to. <laughs> I guess I have to. Because of, because of the Leroy, code of chivalry yeah. that says if you're invited to a Coldplay concert, you must accept. Can't say no. One of my friends invited me to a Green Day concert and offered me hash. And I was like, oh, that's scary. Anyway, uh, uh, we cut over to Uncle Ben in heaven. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Just like Harry did with Dumbledore. Uh, he's like, Harry, you're not, you're not supposed to die yet. And Uncle Ben tells him, he's like, listen, man. <laughs> he's like... He's like, I see no problems. Dude. I see no problems. Keep talking. Uncle Ben like, is in heaven. Let's go. He's like, listen, Harry, I want before I left you, before I let you go back to fight Voldemort, Harry, I need you to know something. It's just a very important piece of advice that I wish I could have given you before I died. But here it is right here. With great power comes great responsibility. And Peter goes, yeah, I fucking know that, dude. You told me that right before you died. But dude, I don't want to be Can we talk anymore. about fucking Peter Parker imagining Uncle Ben and st- Still fucking dunking on Uncle Ben. Knowing and his whole thing is I feel so guilty for dunking on Uncle Ben before he died. Conjures his own Uncle Ben and dunks on him again. (laughs) Peter's a dick. He fucking sucks. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, the transition here of getting into this, uh, I like Nick, you you nailed it with your rendition of it of what you're saying, jumping in then Uncle Ben's in heaven. This movie's (laughs) transitions are so all over the place where some of them are super fucking dope. I love, and I, this was in the first movie, but they do it in this one. I love anytime someone's reading the daily bugle and it does one of those transition shots of like someone else is reading it. Very fucking cool. But this movie features a like wavy transition at one point. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We get, we get <laughs> yeah. a Scooby-Doo like, we get a Scooby-Doo yeah. or a Wayne's world transition for sure. Uh, let's see. Anyway, he goes, no, uncle Ben, I'm just Peter Parker. I am Spider-Man. No more. Uh, like Peter Parker, and just like the comic, and then because I like the comic, I imagine right, we get this iconic shot of Peter throwing his spider suit away in the in the garbage can as he walks mm-hmm. away. And I do like the last little touch here of editing. I never noticed this before, but as, as it fades out, the only thing we can see for a hot second is the eyes of the suit, and then those yeah. fade out as well. I also um, think this is supposed. I also think it's the same alley where the kiss happens, oh, which maybe. I think is nice. Interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. Uh, then things immediately get better for Peter, except now he has to wear glasses like a dork. Uh, I hate this part of the movie because it's just set to raindrops keep falling on my head and, you're, and then ends with the <laughs> freeze frame. Is, this is, and you're like, what the fuck is This happening? is a harbinger <laughs> of things to come. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this, le- we kept looking at this movie the first time we saw it and we were like, they're setting up so many things for Spider-Man 3. No, do you know what they were setting up for Spider-Man 3? Musical numbers. 
Yeah. That's what they were setting up. They sure were. Good song, Uh, Peter. Peter finally makes it over to MJ's show, and she is overjoyed to see him in the audience, we think, until uh, later she says, you should have told me you were coming. And Peter says, yeah, but if I I was afraid that if I told you, you would tell me not to come. And then we hear crickets for a second. And then we hear our bigger brothers go, bro, (laughs) that's not good. That's not good. If you were afraid that she would tell you not to come to her place of work, you shouldn't be going there unannounced. Just throwing that out there. Big red flag for me there. Anyway, well, Peter and, finally- then, and then he takes that goodwill and goes a hundred steps too far, which is yeah. like, I told you I'd show up and I didn't, but here I am six months later and I did. Mm-hmm. Let's go on a date. Are you still engaged? Right. Peter. I'm not, says, yeah. I'm not an MG seat anymore. I'm different. Punch me and I bleed. And MJ responds, you fucking suck, Peter. You suck. And then walks away. But then she also goes, but he is different. Like that's literally yeah, her line. Hey, figure out fucking what MJ is, please, somebody. MJ is a dynamic character in every part of Spider-Man lore except for these films. And just figure it out, please. Then the next day, a garbage man brings J. Jonah Jameson the spider suit. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's the Spider-Man suit. And not one person stops to think, are we sure this is the real Spider-Man suit? Has it not been, like, replicated? other suits like yeah. oh this one suit in the trash it's game over now the he way i can rip this off is spider-man no more it's J. jonah jameson they're trying to like any salacious headline they can get whether or not he shows up the next day that's one day of selling newspapers uh i will say that i could get more than that on ebay is a reference to the fact that four of the original spider-man suits from the first movie were stolen and one of that off of set and one of them wound up on ebay that's oh, amazing that's i bought it uh and the next day, we see the papers roll out. Spider-Man No More. We get another banger scene with the best character in this movie, the violin singer. And she's like, where has Spider-Man gone? And then, uh, exactly. uh, then hey. Peter walks by hey. in the alleyway. Yeah. Hey, we all love J.K. Simmons, right? Yeah. Sure. And we think his J. Jonah Jameson is pitch perfect, right? Great. Great. Hey, what's going on with that scene where he puts on the spider suit right here? And he's, sit- he's on the desk and he's thwipping around. What's that about? I that's I, a weird scene. I always thought <laughs> that it was a fever dream or it was a deleted scene. Thing. Like not a I, scene, just like they wait, shot it for fun. Did I miss this? What are you talking about? Yeah, I think I missed this too. I think I this, this, this was not in my version. This was in two point one. They yeah. might have added it back in, but they shot a scene where like after he buys the suit. JJ is wearing it and jumps on his desk and is pretending to thwip around. And like Betty Brant and Robbie Robertson are like staring through the window, like the blinds at him. I've never seen this before. That's awesome. Oh, this, this, that's wild. Cause this is something blessed that will always pop up on Twitter like every once in a while. And I have never seen until this most recent rewatch. I always thought it was just a deleted scene, like a gag, a spoof. Yeah, this isn't in the actual movie, but they put it in the 2.1 version and it is wild. Weird. Oh my god, I'm oh, looking it up right now. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's wild. It, it is a wild shot. I don't know if you can bring it up, Andy, but it's there. Uh, Him with a cigar in his mouth is amazing. That's Do you know what I love about amazing. this? Is that means that J.K. Simmons got to be fit for his own Spider-Man, Spider-Man costume, and that must have been such a cool moment for him. Hey man, I just watched him on the show. Uh, uh, what movie? Oh no, and he's jacked. He's always been jacked. Yeah, he's he's uh he's a built dude. In did you see it like in Whiplash? He's just like in that tight black T-shirt the whole time, just like rippling. 
and no, you're just like, damn, I, abusive teacher, you strong. No, I just watched him in, in the final season of Goliath, and he played the the bad guy, he played the big bad in that, and he's just constantly. I don't know if he wrote this into his contract, but I swear to God, every third scene he's working out. Like he's, he's literally jacked, working out in the scene. I'm like, what? A Cave Johnson genius. is jacked as hell. What a genius! Yeah, here we there go. There it is, Andy. This is absolutely amazing. So it's it's That's again it's hilarious. it felt always felt like a fever dream watching it back in the day i it's never knew if so it was real weird. or not it is very real uh, okay right, i'm glad that we have confirmation that it's not in theatrical though that's a good yeah. spot that was a smart decision to not put it in theatrical um back to the plot uh we get another shot of the one with the violin singing the og spider-man song still love that uh papers roll out spider-man no more peter sees a dude getting his ass kicked in the alleyway and is like nope i can't help <laughs> hey peter guess what you can still call the cops you're still, still law enforcement. And say, you're still a fucking human being, right? He's like, oh, I gotta be fine. <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> Weirdo. Anyway, Peter. Uh, then the next day, or later that day, Peter finally comes clean to Aunt May, tells him it's his fault that Uncle Ben died, and she straight up walks out on him. Uh, Doc Ock rebuilds his machine while Harry obsesses over Spider-Man. Bernard tries to tell him some fucking weird shit's going down, and Harry's just like, shut up, Bernard. Go pound sand. <laughs> And we can all agree Bernard sucks in this, too, because it's like, dude, you know what's going on, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Doc Ock comes over for a what visit. What does that line read? He's uh, one of he's... those ones. I want to know if he's a friend of Raimi, too, Bernard. <laughs> I thought he was one of your classic Hollywood actors that you love, Carbone. Because he just like, comes in. No, in I have no originally. idea who that guy is. And he Spirit. walks in. He's like, at least your father only obsessed, obsessed about, about the business. Such uh, a weird line. <laughs> I fucking hated that moment so much. Like, where did you well, come from? Get out are, of here, Bernard. Are you somebody's grandpa that, you know, whatever? Franco's <laughs> having enough problems in this movie without getting a scene partner like Bernard. You know what I mean? We don't need to double down on this. <laughs> Um, uh, Doc Ock rebuilds his machine, uh, comes and then he comes over to visit to get more tritium from uh Harry. Uh, and then they strike a deal. He says, Bring me Spider Man, and I'll give you all the tritium you could ever want. Except we have already established he's only about 25 pounds, this bad boy on all of Earth. So it's gonna be that. That's it. Start with Peter Parker, and he goes as he's walking away, he turns back and says, Have it ready. Which don't hurt Peter, say. says Harry, like, after throwing man. Harry under the bus, or after throwing Peter under the bus. Just dumb. Again, commit to this character being a bad guy. Why are we trying to make him redeemable? Anyway, Peter sees uh, a fire and can't help, can't help himself. There's a kid stuck on the second floor. Remember what happened last time? Watch out for goblins. Uh, he runs in, and despite <laughs> not having any spider strength, still manages to save the kid, or rather, I should say, be saved by the kid, because this two-year-old has unbelievable strength to be able to pull him up from this fire she just now grabs he, his thumb and like muscles him up i'm like she doesn't actually pull rock? him up <laughs> she, it was just it was symbolic it, she didn't really she pull him, him up and then they they do the no Nicholas, thing absolutely like, not giant bicep i will not allow this this is another one peter of your parker. things you cannot have this the child <laughs> does not pull peter parker up she held, him up, she held him up by his throat and she was like next time you better get here yeah. quicker you better fucking get here quicker bro bro Drops it. <laughs> uh, of course, he makes it out alive as he does so. And he overhears uh, two firefighters saying, uh, uh, "Unfortunately, someone did die in that fire." Which is fucked up. And like, fucked and up. look, here's the thing. Like, I, I think this movie missed out on a lot of opportunities, as we've already talked about. But I, like, I don't need to see somebody burning alive, but I need to have the grief of like hearing somebody else there. Peter realizing he can't get to them in time. 
because mm-hmm. he isn't at full power. And like, I need that grief. I, I don't like want just somebody to say that somebody died. I kind of like right. I need, need that, that really f- like, holy yeah. shit, this is really fucked up. And that's true. If only he was Spider-Man, he could have done something. But he just he's lost all his power. And I need that to hit harder there. And it just doesn't quite hit hard, as it, hard it as hard. Especially in a movie. Toby's- where Sorry, Doc ahead, Ock violently kills everybody earlier in this in the scene. Like, how are you well, gonna have the fingernails listen, but not have this? When I, you've I, got I like Alfred the... Molina just just squeezing the juice out of every scene, you can't have this thing where where Toby is he just stares off, and we're supposed to figure out what Spider-Man's internal monologue is. Mm-hmm. He does a lot mm-hmm. of that in the first one, and I feel like this is one of those moments where he does that again, and I'm like, Toby, you need to give me a little bit more than just staring off and not blinking, because that's the same thing you do when MJ says that she doesn't want to go to dinner with you, and I need to understand that there's more going on here. Yeah. Bless you. Uh, I do like the turnaround. Yeah, I was going to say, I do like the turnaround of him being like, oh, shit, I did it. Like, I don't need to be Spider-Man. I was able to save this person as Peter Parker and then getting that news of, oh, no, you fucked up. Like, there's Oh, somebody, no, you could have done more, though. You could have done more. Somebody <laughs> right. died because you weren't at your full at your full level. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I like the, you know, like, just the turnaround of it. I also yeah. forgot how the scene was was sort of um, set up because I, he saves the girl, he gives her the daughter back to the parents, and he just runs off. I was like, damn, you're really not going to stick around for questions. Like, they should probably want to talk to you or maybe. And the next scene, he's there like he's bundled up with the ambulance. <laughs> it looked like he just ran away. Like, I got to get off of, away from the scene. Uh, and yeah. then immediately was like being questioned there, like just kind of bundled up. He's got a bunch of blankets on a little cup of cocoa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very weird. Uh, of course, he says to himself, am I not supposed to have what I want, what I need? What am I supposed to do? Uh, and then we get another it's a good really- moment. That's a good good Peter Parker moment. It's something that is missing from a lot of these later films. That's all I'm going to say. Is that the one that he's talking out the window? Yeah. Decent writing, horrible performance. I fucking hate this. God damn, I hate this. It's so bad. You guys definitely on the opposite side of this. (laughs) Uh, Then we get a really weird scene where Peter and his landlord's daughter eat chocolate cake together. And she's like, oh, I got a message for you. It's from your Aunt May. When he opens it up, it says, you suck, Peter. You fucking suck. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I know, it doesn't. Say that. No, it doesn't. Just, say that. The fact that Aunt May is, is like, mad at Peter for the, the Uncle Ben thing is, like, I understand the trauma is you difficult can. and everybody deals with it in different ways. It is just simply unbelievable the way she walks away from him and then is oh. not mad at him for just ditching her at the bank. Like, it, oh. Anyway, yeah. Aunt May has decided to move out of her house with the help of Henry Jackson from across the street, who I assume is a comic book character. Uh, because I they make a think lot so. of time. I, think, so. I think that's just little Henry he's Jackson. Sam Raimi's friends. Not a character. <laughs> Holy shit. She's like, you know Henry Jackson? Henry Jackson, who's like this, that, and that. Henry Jackson. And they mentioned his name like 500. I was like, this kid's going to be, he's got to be a Spider Man variant, right? Guess not. Anyway, Aunt May, Aunt May tells him uh, that he did the right thing, telling the truth, and that she loves him. Uh, but unfortunately, he still blows. Uh, no, J.K. They hug, and it's nice. And Peter gets mad that Aunt May gave away his comic books. And then Henry asks where Spider-Man went, and he goes, uh, "He quit." And then Henry goes, "He'll be right. He'll be back, right?" Uh, and Henry wants to be Spider-Man. He's like, "I don't know, man. Fuck, kid. I don't know anything." And, this and then kid, Henry goes away. Why is this? This is another one of those kids. This is another one of those New Yorkers that's just like. Hey man, I don't really know you, but I got five minutes of things to say to you yeah. right now that yeah, are very talk, important. Talk. But also, <laughs> but also like almost better performance than anything Toby does in this movie. Like with well, this kid, like pretty <laughs> decent actor. Like wow, <laughs> we gotta figure out. If, we gotta put this kid in more scenes. You know, we. Uh, I mean, look, I, I'm bagging on Toby in this one too, but he's not as. He's not he's not that bad, but yeah, I, get just, what I guess it's just the last scene that we just saw him talking out the window. The one that like you really like and I really don't like. I just yeah, the delivery there was just so 
it, okay. it really felt like I'm just kind of reading through a script right here uh, and mm-hmm. very poorly. But I mean, uh, more than Henry Jackson, this is where Aunt May just goes off. And I, I like this because, yes, this is one of those scenes where we are hinting at the fact that Aunt May already knows, right? But also, damn, Aunt May, did have you been going to like Rotary Club meetings? Are you like learning public speaking? Have you been, do, have you been up on Skillshare? You want, would you like me to read, I swear to God, the paragraph of dialogue that she has? Please do, Nick. In this next. Please. She says, Read it Lord in your Rosemary knows, Harris voice. Lord knows that kid like Henry need a hero. Setting examples for all of us. Everyone loves a hero. People line up for a man. They cheer for them. They scream their name. And years later, they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one that taught them to hold on for a second longer. I believe in heroes. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the things we want the most, even our dreams. Break this down for a second. Let's break this down. Let's break this down for a second. She starts by saying there's a hero in all of us. Heroes yeah. give us, you know, inspire us, right? They inspire us to do better. And then yeah. she says, hey, but guess what? Sometimes you have to give up your dreams to be a hero. Mm-hmm. It goes dark at the end here. And Peter's like, yeah. what, what are you talking about here, Aunt May? Like, what are we saying? Like, Listen, do you know that is the subtext of a woman who all of a sudden, during her retirement years, had to take on an orphan that she did not plan for that <laughs> right. destroyed her retirement. I'm fund. a hero for Uncle you. Ben, Uncle I Ben just, and I sometimes used to have an open you gotta do shit you don't wanna do. Exactly. That's so true. Uh, of course, Peter's like, I am strong. I have focus now again. He takes to the roof, strong focus on what I want. He runs in slow motion. And man, watching Toby Maguire run in slow motion is something. Too bad he falls on his ass. Uh, hey, we cut back over have, to him. Fun, fun fact about this. He says, strong focus, strong focus, jumps and says, I'm back. And then he hits his back on a Ford Focus. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Oh, oh that's, that's really good. Well, he, no, they, they caught the lines there. He goes, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And then when he hits the thing, and then he, he goes, hits, he goes oh, my back, my, my back. back. And it no, shows but, that it's a Ford Focus. No, and that's just amazing. Like, the Damn, this take, movie got jokes. In the alternate take, Andy, he goes, ah, my back, Ford Focus. <laughs> You're like, no, you don't have to say no, everything that's around you, Toby. You don't have to Focus. <laughs> and then, Spider-Man, because that's Toby. not enough in this movie full of very good jokes, he also, like, tries to lean up against one of the cars and sets the alarm, alarm off because fuck Peter Parker. That's a, I love that moment. That's a really I love that moment. I st- again, just like other sequences in this movie, they don't quite hit the mark for me. I think that there could have been a bit more there cadence wise to like the parallels are obviously there. I'm back. My back. Obvious. Right. But like it needs my to neck, be more blatant. My back. My my <laughs> pussy and my crap. <laughs> like, <I>, to <laughs> commit again. Yeah, I had to commit. I had to commit. Uh, I just I just I, I needed time. I needed a bit more from Toby there, like a line delivery wise, to kind of make those parallels a lot more obvious and a lot more I don't know modern in terms of how comedy is done nowadays. But you don't get that for fifteen mil. You only get that for twenty five mil. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Or ten percent of the total gross. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we cut over to MJ and uh, Jameson as they're planning their wedding. And MJ's like, I need you to do something for me. She tries a little upside down kiss with him. But the feeling just isn't there for her. 
the next day, MJ calls Peter for a coffee date and is like, listen, I've come to the conclusion that I love you. I maybe rushed into things. Or I, my brain was playing tricks on me, Peter. I think I like you. And then Peter's like, fuck. I just decided I want to be Spider-Man again. So I maybe rushed into things too. I thought I could be there for you, but I can't. My mind is exhausting too. It's exhausting. And I'm like, who fucking, at this point, who cares? And I'm then so tired. I'm so says, tired. She looks him in the eyes and she says, I just fucking called off my wedding for you, you little brat. I'm going to go didn't. see if the astronaut will take me back. Of course she didn't. She hedged her bet. She's not fucking stupid. Anyway, yeah. she says, listen, I usually MJ's always got three, every, MJ's always got at least two in the chamber. <laughs> well, she's being constantly <laughs> oh, screwed yeah. over by these idiot guys. So, of course yeah. she is. What are you going to blame her for that? Well, First, Harry, now this guy. Then and fucking Flash is out there in his PT Cruiser just ripping around <laughs> town. <laughs> I hope he's still out there in his PT Cruiser. He's definitely. His dad bought him one car, and he was like, I'm not buying you another car. You're a fucking loser, Flash. Uh, Anyway, she goes, I want you to do something for me. Kiss me. I need to know something. This is so weird. It's very weird, right? But especially since Sam Raimi was like, listen, listen, guys. Kirsten Dunst, a very capable actress, a very good-looking human being. But nobody looks good close up when they're closing their eyes coming in for a kiss. They all look like Greg Miller going... It's weird. Did I? And then we get, then we cut to Tobey Maguire. I'm like, am I supposed to be really uncomfortable in the scene? Because that's what the cinematography is doing here for me. Did I hallucinate? And did we pass the scene with Ashaw Man and the Upside Down Kiss? Yeah, yeah, I talked about that a little. Oh, bit. sorry yeah. about that. My bad. I just, that's I okay. blanked over that. But yeah. What did he do wrong there? <laughs> Nothing. He's just smoking. He, he just smoke wasn't. Show. What do you want? A, he, he didn't have the stuff. He's just. He has. Not he has she has a Spider-Man fetish. <laughs> uh, you have to Tobey Maguire's lips on your lips. Andy, let me explain. Let me explain to you what this guy did wrong. Okay, as soft as his skull. He went to at least, <laughs> at least four, if not eight years of education to get the degrees necessary and flight school to get the degrees necessary to become a person who could go out of the stratosphere of the Earth to a different fucking planet. That's what this mm-hmm. guy did. And to boot, he's tall. Yeah, okay. real tall. But can he shoot white stuff out of his wrist? That's true. Oh. Uh, uh. I mean, it depends on your expl- it depends on your explanation of, of hey, what, about that, what happens after this kiss though? Uh, anyway. this near kiss? Do they kiss? Is everything they fine? Almost what happens? kiss, and then uh, guess what? Right as they're about to kiss, something starts to tingle. Something starts to tingle. Uh, they're Tim, but it's the spider sense, unfortunately. And they die. And I love this fucking shot. This man. is a this great shot. Came out shot. of nowhere, and he dives and saves her from being just smeared onto the concrete. There's a reason a they reuse this in Spider Verse. This is so it's iconic. So cool. So cool. Uh, we get more stock screams here as the Ox makes is like comes in and uh, the uh, crash zoom footsteps, my dude. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> it. Uh, he grabs Peter, tells me, he says, Peter, you're gonna go grab find Spider Man, and I'm gonna take MJ for insurance. Uh, and then he brings the I house down on peel Peter the skin off of her flesh. The one thing that I wanted in this scene that I didn't get is Peter trying to appeal to Otto. That's all. Just a little bit. He mm. he's immediately angry at Otto. Uh, and no. I just guy threw that's a car not a you. Peter. That's not a Peter thing. That's no, all. Threw a car at him. You know what I mean? This movie uh, doesn't care. Peter, Spider Man, uh, they're the same. Also, we're, this movie is two hours and seven minutes long. At this point, they were like, well, let's cut cut out, cut the shit. Let's get up. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the fight scenes." Um, Doc Ock climbs up, scales a building with MJ in tow, and so then Peter rad. bursts out of the rubble like the Incredible Hulk with I kid you not, just a fan blowing his hair up. To let you know how much how much that inertia was, and he gets pissed off, and as he walks out, oh, everything's rules. blurry until he takes off his signature Peter Parker glasses, and then everything becomes clear. And because I don't give a MJ fuck is an object, this. dude. I don't. <laughs> She's care. a means to an end. I don't care what happened before this, Carboni. 
This part's fucking hype as shit. Okay, no, this part, it's, he drops it's, those glasses. Just, it's hype as shit until he drops the glasses and they land on the ground and just one, one of the glasses just pops out and it's very basic and uh, non-dramatic. I that felt so seeing, flat. Okay, I just mm, two things. Two things about this. Number one. <laughs> number one. The the Strap thing in. where like uh, Jonah is is about to make a turnaround on Spider on Spider Man and Spider Man steals his suit back and leaves the Love note it. and Love that it. note I'm just gonna say more like Peter Penmanship you know what I'm saying yeah, that goddamn. note was flawlessly drawn like th- like your friendly neighborhood Spider Man it was like Walt Disney himself wrote every letter of that shit the kerning uh, the line for- width and everything perfect flawless. It was- beautiful <laughs> yeah he, he the, took his time on that letter for somebody who like his girl just got snatched up by yeah well really i mean one time. of the things that came back when his when his vision came back was his perfect spider penmanship you mm-hmm. may not remember mm-hmm. the the oh, scientist yeah. in the first film this spider can jump this spider turns invisible this spider can write a thank you card like you've never seen in your life <laughs> calligraphy like, <laughs> it's a lost art <laughs> this spider does calligraphy the second thing that i want to say is this fight no matter what yeah, else tonally great. is going on in this movie, this moment of Doc Ock on this fucking clock tower carry. was something I had wanted to see since I was a child. We get these moments all the time now where these childhood dreams that were in comic books come true. This shit blew my mind. It rips. This is everything I wanted. Uh, of course. Again, a hard carry for a lot of the movie. <laughs> like oh, this yeah. scene, this whole sequence rules. Uh, they tumble down the side of the clock tower onto a train. We get the moving train sequence where Doc Ock decides to start throwing human beings at Peter as he's swinging back to the train. And he ca- he like Great. he keeps grabbing them, webbing them, and webbing them up and saving them. Uh, gets back onto the train. This ends is up the kicking. real shit, man. The, it's great fight. Where again, we get more of the we get more of him like catapulting himself in and out. Uh, of course, Doc Ock gets the gets understands right. He understands he's seen Superman to the movie. He's like, oh, his weakness is these humans, right? So he decides to just break the brake on the train and it starts going and again i'm gonna put it out there i love new york i'm gonna put i love new york i love new york blessing great city you have the shirts yeah great city right who designed the subway system to just dead end 45 feet above the fucking ground (laughs) who did that i had the same question i was like is this real does that happen no because that doesn't seem how is that practical train tracks work new york hasn't even had an new york hasn't even had an elevated train since like i think the 70s like it's all they had to shoot that in chicago and then like composited into new york but like my favorite thing about this scene is doc ock casually softball tossing the throttle from the train to peter like just such a gleeful fucking cartoon character you know what he says you know what he says you have a train to catch that's so good. <laughs> he walks away. Alfred Molina giving the Oscar. Amazing. Uh, of course, with the breaks the best out. Best Spider-Man in the movie, Alfred Molina. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, with the breaks out, Peter has no choice but to be Jesus Christ himself. That's right. He goes up to the front of the train and he's like, "I gotta stop this thing." And he starts just shooting. He shoots two webs. And he's like, "Not enough. I'm gonna shoot all the webs at it." And then Tobey Maguire lets out a guttural scream as he ends up stopping the thing from falling over the cliff. But then, of course, the exertion, he passes out, only to be caught by the good people of New York themselves. They pull him onto the train, and they pull little Neo, where they pull him up, and he's kind of got that little Jesus pose a little bit. And they so put over him the down, top. And I kind of like this. over the top. It's very over the top. But when they put him down, I like the shot of them looking over at him, and one guy goes, he's just a kid. Just he's a like, kid. Oh, it's yeah. so, so good. Guy. And I like that. And then, of course, Peter wakes up and realizes that for some stupid reason, he took his mask off. Uh, and... 
Look at this he's guy. Like, oh, he's shit. just 41 years old. Look at him. Yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> Is that Toby Maguire? <laughs> uh, of course, two little kids come over and they give him his mask back and they say, don't worry, we're not going to tell anyone. Those two kids, kids are says, Toby Maguire's brothers. Really? Yes. Nice. And listen, cool. hi, everybody. I have a special guest for us. Oh. Hold on. Oh. Because, because look, we've been talking a lot about these Spider-Man New Yorkers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, these Spider-Man New Yorkers who like, if you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York and we love Spider-Man. And I, we've always wondered what is going through the mind of a Spider-Man New Yorker. And we have one right here on the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, Chloe Dykstra was on this train for real. Yep. Thank you very much. I am a real life Spider-Man New Yorker right here in the flesh. And uh, let me let me ask you this, Chloe. You, I think, I saw you step into scene here this time, and and I said, was this shot during the literal most awkward phase of your awkward phase? Is that when this, well, was it 2004? I, I wish I could say that it was, uh, but it's approaching. Yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let me ask you this: When you, because you step out and you are one of the, you are one of the New Yorkers that says Chloe Dykstra, if you're going to, if you're going to get Spider Man, you're going to have to go through me. And you step out in your very '90s fucking like thick rimmed narrow glasses, and you say, "Me too." What's your motivation? What are you thinking as an actor right there? What as a Spider Man New Yorker? What are you thinking? As a Spider-Man New Yorker, I'm probably thinking, boy, okay, first of all, I'm thinking, boy, wouldn't it be nice to actually eat some lunch right now? Because that's what I assume all, what all New Yorkers thinking all the time because they love lunch. Uh-huh. Um, second of all... Um, and you were probably on that train for 16 hours that day <laughs> making, like, extra rates. <laughs> I lived on that train for two weeks. Uh, it was great. Wow. I, uh, I had a bunch of roommates. Uh, we had a blast. <laughs> that's amazing. So, hey... Is Toby Maguire a dick? No, he was great. Okay, I, uh, I, I saw him on the. Other, I remember I saw him uh, uh, reading a Nintendo Power, and I went, "Oh, so I'm holding his back." We are the same, which we were not, but I did think that we were the same. Wait, he was on life. set reading a Nintendo Power he magazine. Was. Yes, he was. Uh, uh, yes. All right. Do we take back everything we've been saying about Tobey Maguire, guys? <laughs> I Have think you been shitting to. on Tobey Maguire? Well, here's the thing. Tobey yeah, Maguire very famously it, yeah. faked a back injury to kind of get more money. We hold oh, it against I, him. I was not aware of that. <laughs> yeah. And also, and also we, don't like, we don't like the toxic masculinity of this first trilogy. And we blame Tobey Maguire a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't heard the third in the trilogy yet. No, we haven't. And he just goes right out the window there, right? Yeah, it gets better. Don't worry. The third one's where it peaks. Um, <laughs> Chloe, I noticed that famous voice actor and nerd Phil Lamar is also yes. a Spider-Man New Yorker on this train. The voice of Hermes from Futurama yes. is the first person. He's pretty the fr- much everyone ever, yeah. Yeah, he's the first person to Jesus Peter Parker up from the train. How the That's fuck right. did Phil Lamar wind up on this, on this train know. with a non-speaking role? I, I don't know, and that I was like, I think I was fifteen or sixteen when we shot this, and I was a huge fan of Mad TV, and I remember going, "Why are you here? You're just the greatest." Um, and uh, I think he probably, I assume, probably had a bigger part originally that just got you know like 
that sort of got minimized a little bit. But like, I, I remember I became real good friends with Phil while I was on that train and we're still good friends to this day, like partially because we, we uh, had a little trauma bond on that train together. That's amazing. Did you get to see the practical tentacles? I don't remember. I think we did. Yeah, I also had a. I had my own stunt double, which was crazy. Not even uh, Rosemary Harris did her own stunts, and you couldn't do your own stunts. Aunt May did her own stunts. Okay, hold on. Let's talk about Spider Man One for a second, because you didn't call me during the scene that I was in in Spider Man One. Chloe Dykstra, where are you in Spider Man One? <laughs> Surprise! I was in the gondola. I constantly need to be saved by Spider-Man. You're always. You're in the Roosevelt tram. Yes. The one that they're just going to gently lower onto a tiny barge. And let me tell you, it was the most fun shoot of my life because there was no safety. They just tilted the whole thing sideways, so like it was like a like an hourglass, like twenty children just sliding down the bottom of the tram. It was so much fun. Awesome! Wow, this is blowing my mind. Chloe Dykstra, do you have, is there any one memory that you, yeah, enhance? Cause we found it. We found it. You're standing, you're standing three people behind big pussy. Oh my God. No, that's not, that's not, that's not big pussy. Wait, is big, wait, are we is that not, talking? no, that's is that actually, not big pussy. It's commonly misconstrued. Are we misconstrued. talking about that's Joe Joey in Diaz. the front? Sorry, yeah. Joey Diaz, not big pussy. Joey Diaz. Big, big, big Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, he, so he, um, yeah, I have a couple different. I actually, for you, Anthony Carboni, pulled up my old live journal um, and an entry that I found. A couple entries actually from 2003. Did you live so, journal this? I did. I did live journal this, uh, and I pulled some choice selects uh, for you, please. Uh, which was, and I'll see if I found. So, okay, so I'm just going to read directly from this. Um, so forgive me, uh, <laughs> or forgive 15 year old Chloe. Uh, and we played gags on the director. One time, we were all restless and hungry. While half the cast and crew had gone to lunch, speaking of lunch, uh, the rest of us were waiting at set for Sam. This is Sam Raimi. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we were on a first-name basis at this point. Yeah, Um, of course. So to repay him, we all pretended to be asleep. All of us. There were about 150 people scattered about the floor, lying down and snoring. Poor Sam had to step over the crew to get to the train, in which all of the actors were asleep as well. Um... And I also said, it's very fun to torture Chad. I think torture means flirt with Toby Standen, who looks exactly like him while rehearsing oh, a scene. Oh, poor guy. Uh, but I, I remember, so this is not talking about, uh, this is talking about Joey, which was, there's one real New Yorker on set. He always calls me Avril. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> behind me and start singing Avril Lavigne song. Oh That's God, such that's a fucking asking, dunk. Amazing. <laughs> always asking about my self-defense class. And always asking me what I'm doing after work as very cute in a cutesy way. Okay, he okay. Says, he says the F word every other sentence, even when filming, and he talks really loud. He keeps kissing my hand. Ew, it's all slobbery, but he's my favorite. Oh, no. Um, and then the last thing I'll put, okay, yeah. this is a real sign of the times. Uh, I wrote, I believe this was my last day of shooting. I got a line. Thanks to dad. I'm grateful to him, but I also don't like being known as Dykstra's daughter. Just yeah. In case you guys didn't wonder why, or wondering why I was inspired. Oh, no, know. we, we, we know, <laughs> we know what happened. Yeah. Um, the inventor of the lightsaber yeah. uh, put you yeah. in. Yeah. Of course. Um, I did not audition <laughs> for this. Uh, well, my line is me too. This comes after Joey says, you want to get to him? You got to go through us. Some other guy says, and me. And then I say my line, woot, woot. Maybe I'll get in the credits. <laughs> o dot O. <laughs> you woot woot because it was live journal. I love mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my God, Chloe, that's amazing. Would you, would you, would you say that this was a formative moment in your life? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I consider myself a real New Yorker now. Yeah, that's allowed. You, you either have to live in New York for 10 years or meet Spider-Man once. So you did it. I I met him twice and I saved him the second time. That's true. What's your feeling on Spider-Man 2? I loved, I actually really liked it. I mean, not to be, I'm obviously biased, but I thought that was a really fun superhero movie. Uh, the third one went real off the rails, but, no. uh, but I did like the second one. Are you in lot. the third one? Ask her if she's in the third one. Are you in the third one? <laughs> I'm not. No, um, I am not in the third one. But I did show up and drag me to hell afterwards. So. Oh. Fun. Can you I ask love her, that. Can you ask her to say, if you mess with one of us, Sam you mess with all of us? Me every, he's just oh. like, all right, now c- come and be in this particular scene. Almost die in this scene, if you will. Please. I love that. So, okay, yeah. Chloe, I'm going to set you up. I'm going to set you up, and we're going to want you to reenact this powerful moment, okay? okay Here we go. Okay, okay. Here we go. Mm-hmm. If you want if you, he's a New Yorker. If you want to get to him, you got to go through me and me. And wait, fuck, sorry. Do you need, <laughs> yeah, should we go from one? Should we go from one? Can we take it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, one, sorry. Her dad invented the lightsaber. We're gonna go for. T- we're gonna go for another take. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, if you want to get him, you gotta go through me and me. Me too. Oh, sorry. That was my that was my New Yorker accent coming through. My real New Yorker. Oh, I you know I believed it. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, I could. You did, the motivation was there, Chloe. Thank you so much for sharing your 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 stories from Spider Man okay. and your live journal. What's the URL to that live journal so we can just check it out after? <laughs> oh, let's not. We just want to put it. We're just going to try to put it. We're going to put it in the show notes. So if you can just email that to me. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay, thanks, Chloe. <laughs> Bye. <Andy>. Bye. <laughs> Utterly fantastic. Uh, Andy, can you, you imagine can you sitting on that train for two weeks? That's insane. I, I can. Can <laughs> you bring it up one more time, Andy? The the image uh, where you see Chloe. Are you trying to tell me that the girl to her right is not Barbara Dunkelman? Uh, <laughs> it looks a lot like B-Dunks, yeah, for Dude, sure. Like, it, like, go left and right a little bit, Andy? Like, it's fucking weird. Oh, you were here? Yeah, 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 Barb would have been Barb would have been like, twelve when this movie. Not, came not out, left and right that way. Left and right in the the play button. I mean, she, oh, looks, she does look like yeah, she does look like Barb B Dunks in there. That looks like Barb. That's oh, a yeah, Barb. the eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's, it's weird because it looks oh, like my Barb God. Like, ten <laughs> years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my favorite is, guy. Why is the brother from Arrested Development in this? Movie? Okay, uh, <laughs> let's move on with the plot. Uh, the kid says, "Hey, it's good to have you back, Spider-Man." He's like, "Oh, cool." And then Doc Ock interrupts, and we get this whole scene we're talking about where Chloe Dyke shows a straw, and he's like, "He's like, you got to mess, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us." And, and Doc Ock again, another great Alfred Molina line. Fine fuck you and then just spread them apart and grab spider-man right. knocks his ass the, out correcting the correcting the problem of the goblin being hit by a big gulp cup and flying away yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. like i love that they they flipped that on they were like we understand that that was a little corny here's what an actual fucking villain is going to do in mm-hmm. this situation just right. goes very well cool and apparently <laughs> yeah apparently everyone uh, of the new yorkers left their uh, lead pipes at home Remember, as, right. Right, as a New Yorker, you get you mm. get your lead pipe when you walk in. Harry you accuses. Can go pick one up. You can go pick one up from any uh, police station. They'll give you, one for free. <laughs> you do. It comes with one of you those. You can get free condoms. You can get free condoms and uh, rebar from any police station Absolutely. or uh, urgent care. Uh, later that night, Doc drops Spidey off at Harry's, and Harry's like, "Finally!" And he grabs a dagger, and he's like, "I'm going to stab Spider-Man." I'm like, "Okay," uh, until he takes off the mask and realizes it's Peter. He's like, "Peter, what are you doing? Are you Spider-Man?" And Peter wakes up and just bursts out of the uh, the the I guess the whatever is is, is around him. What was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It looked like it was just like barbed wire. Yeah, barbed wire. Thank you. I was looking for the word in here, Anthony. It didn't work out. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit, wait, Peter, you're Spider-Man? You killed my dad. And again, this is the part where Peter can be like, let's sit for a second and talk about this. But instead, he's like, we just don't have time for this, man. And he's like, can you just give me like a little, like, did it? How did that go down? He's like, wish I could tell you. I just, we don't have time. If you're going to take right 30 seconds, yeah. really make seconds. use of those 30 seconds. And tell him that your dad was a psychopath. And I'm sorry, he probably made me promise, but... He's like, we just don't have time. Otto's going to blow up the whole city. I got to know where MJ is. And he's like, okay, she's over at the dock. And then we cut over to the dock or Peter tries to sneak in. And he's, and he's like, Spider-Man's dead. And he's like, hey, I'm not really dead. MJ's like, oh, what's up? And then Otto's like, oh, you're right there. So they start <laughs> fighting. Hey, can I just point out that you can't kidnap MJ or put her in danger unless it looks like a wet t-shirt contest? Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, hey. Otto is in the same building. He's dry. He's wearing four layers. Dry as a bone. MJ Why is... is she? The water's not even hitting her from that leak. Why? Uh, you don't got to MJ... point anything out when them things are pointing out. All right. We know. Why? It is yes. so obvious. She doesn't have Sam, to uh... like, I know they give the explanation of, oh, you would just go to the police, which is a decent thing to throw in there. But she could have dropped her off anywhere and like <laughs> yeah. had just gone and done his thing. It, it wouldn't have made a difference. The only reason she was there was to be a damsel. I want yeah. to point out that she is not only sopping wet, but she's also dirty. And okay, I don't know Nick. what that okay. means. I feel like we're all but saying one thing they, and saying another thing. They I feel like we're all, I feel like we're all like the subtext of what we're saying is one thing and you are getting something totally different out of this. It's very weird that they smeared mud on her arms. I was like, what did she go what did she go through in between like the the cafe auto and dry as her own perfectly <laughs> clean she's just glistening and she's got they like smeared mud on her it was weird yeah. sorry uh, was i would like, have loved weird. toby to be like wait why aren't you wet and like dirty yeah. and gross and like, like and the robot doing? arms being like no we're washing like we wash them off we clean like, them these robot arms just like grab her and just smear her on the ground <laughs> and then put her up like why is she like this yeah, man. Uh, they fight, and the fight goes into the water, and then Peter does this, yada yada. Meanwhile, the fusion machine is on, and it's sparking, and it's getting bigger. And now it's self sufficient. Um, One of my see, favorite uh, shots in any of these three films is Otto with the savage throw of Peter through the stained glass window, right, like a hundred feet into the air. I'm just like. Boy, they really learned how to make a Spider-Man movie in between this first one and this second one, huh? Like, totally. that's a moment. It was great. Uh, and then we actually get a little, we actually finally, and I'm not saying this is a great moment, but it's a step forward, get a little moment with MJ where she's like, he goes, run. And she goes, or I'll pick up a log and try to fucking hit this dude in the head and end this thing right now. Uh, of course, it doesn't go well, but kudos to MJ for trying to, you know, or at least the writers for having her contribute a little bit to the uh, the climax of this movie, even though she gets knocked out. Uh, and then the whole place is about to go down. Uh, Peter, I think, electrocutes Otto and his, his arms go down for a hot second. And then Peter's like this. You know, what, guys, leap of faith here. Now's that time I'm going to talk to him. Takes off the mask. And it's like, Otto, it's me, Peter, Peter Parker. And Otto's like, oh, the lazy one. Peter's like. Eh. you know like whatever like uh, brilliant yeah. he goes no lazy he goes you know what fuck you Otto fuck you that's what he says it's better um, than punching me in the face with metal so sure yeah I guess that's fine uh, uh, so he's like you want <laughs> and he's like tries to appeal to him and he's like those things don't they don't uh, they don't uh, you know you once spoke to me about intelligence this is the, it was the gift to be used for good of mankind these things have turned you into something you're not and he goes it was my dream and then he goes to quote Aunt May and then he just goes into the the paragraph of information that yeah. Aunt May just said 
Sometimes you guys just can't knew that Henry relevant so quickly. Have you heard Henry have Henry Henry Jackson from across the street? Have you uh-huh. heard of this kid? Let me tell you a little story about Henry Jackson here. <laughs> and poor blessings, like I have plans tonight. Oh, uh, not anymore, blessing. Not anymore. Welcome. Thanks. Kind of funny. Anyway, uh, Otto's like, you're right. Um, he tries. He grabs him by the throat, but he's like, no, I can stop this. And he's like, you know what? The only way to stop this, actually, there is no way to stop a fusion bomb from going off, except. And only we had a big river. Oh, wait, the river. We can do that. We can just drown this thing. And he goes, no. If you dunk the sun in water, you're fine. Hey, sure. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's a self-sustaining millions and millions of small nuclear explosions happening, pushing out. And the only thing keeping them in is gravity, uh, keeping it in stasis. But I'm sure water would would stop that too. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, And he's like, no, no, no. I have to do this. Um, I have to do this. It's it's on me. And then, of course, uh, we get this This great character moment. He pushes like Peter aside, and as Peter turns, he looks over and he locks eyes with MJ. And she's like, fuck, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were Spider-Man. I did the upside-down kiss, but now I'm here. Uh, and then we, uh, But then a wall starts coming down, and Peter screams, no, just like Darth Vader did in that one movie that Anthony likes. And then uh, he jumps over and he grabs the wall. And then he's like, MJ, in case we die. And she says, you do love me. And he goes, I do. <laughs> Darth Vader? <laughs> no, where is Padme? And then he's like, the wall's coming down. And the one grabs it. And he's like, Emperor, I love you. No, okay, this is me, the part of the film where the organic webs really make me ask questions because he makes that big ass web that they are hanging out on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Peter, is this tiring for you? Where did this come from? What is it made of? How much do you have to eat tomorrow? How many calories is this web? Mm-hmm. Let's See, discuss. Part- this, MJ, this are you not much, grossed? Are you not how much grossed? heavy lifting my mind does as I'm watching this movie? Because when I see them hanging out in the web, in my mind, I'm like, oh, because he got hit by, or because he got bit by the spider, he just has the interest to make webs in this very decorative way now. <laughs> like, like, I don't know why my, my brain was just like, oh, just go with it. Because, bless. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't shoot it out in that pattern. Like, I know, like, very, he shoots it out. It's like carefully like, crafted thing. <laughs> it's like string shot from Caterpie, right? It's like one stream. So he yeah. has to, like, take his time and make art, it's, which I, for some reason, my mind was like, oh, no, it makes sense. Yeah. This, this conversation, too, I'm just kind of like, the whole the whole thread of this conversation, and I'm glad that there's a bit where it calls back to this at the mm-hmm. very, very end, but mm-hmm. he does not give her a choice, which no. is a very big theme in this whole movie is no, all this trilogy is nobody thinks about MJ as a person. He's like, you can see why I'm Spider-Man, and so we can't make it work. I can't do that to you. You have no say in this. I got to go by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, like, man. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, he does the thing that we talked about a little bit earlier, which is like that sort of like unrequited love like thing that he does where he like puts the mask back on and looks over his shoulder one more time as the love of his life reunites with the astronaut and then he swings away and it's all so melodramatic um cut over to harry playing with his knife and he starts hearing voices despite never having come in contact with a gobble gas you're like this makes no sense and is bonkers but i am on it man let's go so shout out to Will for making a cameo here and he's like <laughs> he's like you used to suck kid <laughs> you fucking suck so bad but you're not gonna suck anymore right now i've come back from death to remind you that i'm disappointed uh, <laughs> very funny thing is the whole reason this scene exists is willem dafoe was literally walking in new york saw the crew recognized some of them and was like oh hey guys what's up and went in to talk to them and they were like hey willem do you want to do like a quick thing 
Wow. And that's literally where this that. whole scene that's came incredible. from. That's incredible. That's so funny. No wonder it doesn't make sense. Not worth it. it sense. <laughs> Legitimately, it was like, hey, hey, like, let's get you on here and let's not explain it narratively at all. It's, all they had to no. do was like be like, oh, he's sleep deprived. That's yeah. why he's now seeing things. They this, didn't even go as far as that. He hit a button and just goes into the thing and goes, oh, my God, my dad was Green Goblin. I can whatever. This is my dad is Green Goblin. Go for it. Go on. I was just going to say, this is Raimi inviting his old friends, just like Bernard from earlier. <laughs> yeah. This scene to me is emblematic of the Raimi Spider-Man movies, where it's like, it doesn't make sense. It's arguably bad, but it's fucking hype as hell, and it's exciting, so and it's classic. And I'll never forget watching this in the theaters and being like, holy shit, they're doing it. They're doing the thing, and they're doing it in a way that is interesting in this movie universe. And it doesn't go that way. But it's just like, I hate that I feel like there always has to be butts yeah. and asterisks to talking about mm -hmm. these movies because it's like as good as it is it's not actually good no. it's a great yeah it's a great sequence that lacks motivation it also makes me wonder why norman stored his pumpkin bombs that way like it just was like <laughs> you know why <laughs> you know why they're so organized like, they're like, so was, the, was the maid cleaning it like it, i i can't believe norman osborne as did a billionaire do it for the gram bless did he do yeah. it for the gram like, why does it look so clean and good <laughs> why did he take his sweet time putting those things up harry you are fucking worthless like i was dad dad why are they organized this way uh you know i just i'm very ocd i hate i need to see them nice and perfect anything worth place. doing worth doing right uh of course it ends with harry grabbing the green goblin serum and he's like now nah, i know it needs to be done therapy lots and lots of therapy uh, one the person day, go to therapy once challenge <laughs> jesus god i mean that would all these kids uh mj the next day ditches out on her wedding the door is open no one there except for one of the bridesmaids who is an actress that's been in a bunch of stuff and i meant to yeah. look her name uh, she's the one she, that made the interesting hat choice in the previous scene i, I correct I, I, there were so many opportunities to walk away from this wedding before this MJ. Yep. MJ, you're kind of the worst. Day of, kind of the worst, right? Of course, she not only does she not tell John, she leaves him a note that he opens up and we see a close-up on it and it says, you suck, John. You fucking yeah. suck. Yeah. Uh, and then Jameson, banger line from J.K. Simmons here where he's like, call Deborah and tell her not to open up the caviar. I'm like, smart, man. Uh, MJ runs through New York with the most amazing filter on this camera that makes everything just glow. Mm -hmm. uh, and she heads straight Her up to Peter's. Her whole life is in pro-mist, like three stops of pro-mist, and I love it. Unbelievable. Uh, she heads up to studio, Peter's studio apartment, and she says, had to do what I had to do. Peter, I can't survive without you. I know you think we can't be together, but can't you respect me enough to let me make my own decision? No, no one can. You're an object. Yes. She should have been like, <laughs> I'll make my I know there will be risks, but I want to face those risks with you. It's wrong that we should only be half alive, half ourselves. I love you. So here I am standing in your doorway. I've always been standing in your doorway. That's Isn't it true. about time somebody saved your life? Now Say that's something. very unhealthy. Yes. <laughs> that's extremely unhealthy. Yes. Very unhealthy. Uh, say something. And he says, thank you, Mary Jane Watson. And then they kiss. But right on cue. Sirens ring out in the distance, and Peter shoots MJ that look, to which she replies, go get him, tiger. Cool and shit. all of a sudden, oh, all yeah. is forgiven. Fucking all. <laughs> and this movie is awesome. It's you wanna, so good. Uh... You want to talk about a perfect delivery from one Kirsten Dunst. Just go fucking get it just if like that's the thing if you're about to go into like a football game Andy, or one of your basketball games you're like yeah, I need one of my inspiration, and your girlfriend looks at you like that and says 
go get him, Tiger. You're like, I'm about to fucking rip someone's yeah. foot off. Man. I'm about to get a triple double, dude. Bigger than dude. that, though, it's not a basketball game, and it's not it's not football. It's none of that. It's fucking Spider Man, and he jumps out the window, and he starts swinging, and then there's fucking attack American helicopters flag. behind yeah. him, and, and American it's just flags. Like, Let's go, and then he lands in the American flag, and it's just like, yeah, fuck everybody, Swing okay? Past him. And it's hype, and then. We get another great decision where we cut back. We don't. We don't end on that. We're like, oh, we're going to end on this American flag sequence with the helicopters. No, we cut back to Mary Jane with a very somber look on her face as she stares off into the distance, and that's it. What I really dashboard dashboard confession. Take it away. What I really, really want to happen is uh, we we all know the the very infamous sequence in Batman versus Superman, the Martha moment. Mm-hmm. I want there to be a Peter Parker moment between John Jameson and. Harry and then being like wait he stole you from he stole her from you too and then have that connection like they need to be the villains why do we get why do we get uh fucking what's his face in part three I uh I I turn into a wolf about it Sandman you know if you're really mad if you're really mad about him taking your lady turn into a fucking wolf about (laughs) it let's see you act up let's see you do it space man dashboard confessional by the way agreed to write this song only if they got an early advanced screening of the film for uh, and they did and then reportedly they wrote this song in 10 minutes and were like ah we got to see spider-man early <laughs> <laughs> that's their that's confession awesome. <laughs> yeah uh, i love that mike l in the chat uh says terrible and then moments later replies perfect movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude it's 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 like so good it's like they wrote this movie and they were like, we just need, we don't really know how we're going to get there with these two characters, but they knew where they wanted to go. And I, I I'll be honest with you. I like where it ended up. Mm-hmm. hate how they got there with yeah. all two characters. It's just yeah. totally unearned. But this moment with the music, the perfect, with the way it's shot. And again, Kirsten Dunst is like perfect line delivery of this just fucking inspires you, man. It gives you hope. You're like, yeah, man, he's going to go out there. He's going to be Spider-Man. It's going to be awesome. Shout out to the Dunst, man. Andy Cortez, last week we went really long, so we didn't get to do what I like to call haiku and review. But I would like to bring it back today. We went okay. longer this week. I don't know. No, no, no. We're, we're at least seven, we're seven minutes shorter. We're two and a half right now. I don't have the music because uh, it's going to fuck up the way I'm running the show or whatever, so we're just going to do it acoustically. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. Really hard to play it singing at the same time. Holy shit. I am blown the fuck away. That I, as far as I know, you've never played that acoustically. And you're just I just dead. had to look at it right now because I have no way of playing the music for y'all. And I didn't want to just clap it. That is so hard. That is so hard. That was incredible. That Very was talented. incredible. If you want to support that type of talent, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your reviews in haiku form. Now, since we didn't do last week's miscellaneous, the MVP of haiku and review wrote one in and we didn't get to it. So I want to read the one from last week before I read this week because they're, they're so damn good. So here we go. Miscellaneous writing in plot and haiku for Spider-Man 2002 adults on school trip. Harry's stealing Peter's shit. Oh, damn. He got bit. Off to see Osborne. I will pull funding, he's warned. Then Green Goblin's born. He has amassed fans. Ben's death catalyzed his plan. He is Spider-Man. Goblin knows his name. To kill Peter is his aim. Goes after the dame. Osborne killed by greed. Desperation to succeed. Spider-Man. Godspeed. Wow. God damn, miscellaneous. 
And then for uh, number two, Andrew Feisner writes in and says, when Peter met Otto, ah, Rosie, I love this boy. Brilliant, but lazy. <laughs> yes. That's really, really good. And then Miscellaneous does another plot in haiku. Uh, struggles, Pete conceals. Won't tell MJ how he feels. Self-induced ordeals. Peter and Doc meet, nerding out over this feat. His life's work, complete. Demonstration time. The reaction crossed a line, and Harry just whined. <laughs> Sign he can't ignore. After falling 30 floors, Spider-Man. Anthony, say it. No more. <laughs> yeah, baby! Otto gained some sense to destroy. It must be drenched at his life's expense. Miscellaneous, you're too fucking good. You, I nearly you said too good of a job for this movie. <laughs> like, God damn, that was awesome. I nearly said Spider-Man, strong Ford. <laughs> <laughs> the focus oh was Ford. I fucking love it. I lo- Guys, I love doing this show with you. I just want you to know that this is two hours and 32 minutes, and I fucking had I'm a blast. Sorry. And it's, no, no, and it's no. for, and here's the thing. It's two hours and 30 minutes for a movie that I don't even love, and I'm just having fun. I'm I having fun. Cannot wait. I cannot wait until next week. I know. <sighs> I know. Be yeah. So fun. This is what it's all been building to. Strap mm-hmm. it. This is where Sam Raimi, like, just really brings it home. <laughs> can't wait. God, well... Everybody, like I said, we have a big week for in review. We got Ghostbusters in review. Number one is live now. Uh, of course, you're watching this now. Later this week, we got Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. And then next week, we're coming back with Spider-Man 3 and Ghostbusters 2. Very exciting stuff. Till next time, love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>